What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Tell Me Something Good. We're a little early today, but we thought we'd start a little early. I got a good friend um, coming on the show today. Uh, my buddy Pete Lee is the guest. Um, and as usual, this uh, podcast is sponsored by nobody. Uh, <laughs> um, just the president of Hollywood, Tom Cruise, sponsors it. These glasses, I can't tell if the glasses are crooked or the fucking hat. But either way, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to Tell Me Something Good. Lots to talk to you about before Pete comes on. Um, I will tell you what's going on, Crystal. Um, uh, for those of you listening, when I say hello to people, those are people in the chat. If you want to uh, watch live, uh, you can do so on my Facebook fan page. It's the glasses that are crooked. Uh, hey, Ashley and Amber. Uh, Amber sitting in a federal courthouse. Okay. Brandon and Matthew, what's going on, everybody? So lots to talk to you about. Um, let's check in first. Um, last time, or maybe might have even been last week. What's going on, Joshua? Uh, might have been last week. Uh, I led the um, podcast off with, uh, you know, just talking about my mental health. And I'm pretty upfront about um, when I, you know, my ups and downs with being depressed. And um, I got to tell you guys. And I'm not saying this is for everybody. I'm just not. But I'm saying for me. Man, what's up, Brendan? Man, hey, Ray Ray. Those mushrooms really work for me. They just do. They are re they really work for me and my and when I feel bad. It is like it's hard to explain. Like I wake up the next day. I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I feel better. And it's one, two. I, so I took them on Monday night. It's Wednesday. I still feel up, you know, and not up like high, but up like not depressed. And, um, what's going on, Trey and David. Um, and so I just want to, you know, and not like I went out and, Although Monday night I was pretty high on the high life, but it was just about, uh, you know, microdosing, and that really works for my. Just Crystal says they work wonders for her. Uh, yeah, it just works wonder for my point of view and my mental health and all that shit. So, just giving you guys an update. I feel way, way, way better. Uh, Sean, you were at the Zany. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate you coming to the special. I just looked. Yeah, I was high, Jen. Um, I just looked at my special, um, that was shot. You know what? It went, it guys who shot it are so good. I am far and away my worst critic. I don't think there's any doubt that I fucked myself. And so obviously I'm watching, Hey, Katrina and Margaret. Hey, Hussein. What's up, Ray? Um, I'm my own worst critic and I know I watched it like, Oh, my voice sounds terrible. Oh my God. Why? And there are a couple times when I'm doing duets and I'm not used to doing duets and I'm fucking, I'm mouthing the other person's words, you know, shit like that. Real rookie shit. But, but it was shot. Great. It looks so good. And it sounds so good. And the audience was so good. And it's an hour and f 
40 minutes and um it's an hour and 40 minutes um and man i i gotta cut a bunch and i don't know what to cut well i think i'll cut i'll cut it down to like an hour 10 and then i'll release everything else as clips but it looks great how about this for you universal music music you know, I, you know i do silly parodies the reason you can't see it on youtube right now is because universal music blocked little old me because i i parodied a couple of their songs so they claimed it they claimed it and so nobody can watch it uh thanks trey so nobody watched it and so you know what i mean now i'll tell you something else a couple more updates real quick um as you can see after i posted that thing about facebook fucking with me uh my numbers are even lower <laughs> not a surprise uh, but i appreciate you guys those of you who um read my post about having to take high live off of facebook uh, unfortunately guys i'm gonna have to take this uh yeah, yeah, yeah it's crazy because there are covers of those songs all over the internet they claimed creep um hotel california and something else uh but there are covers of that shit all over so I'm sure I'll be able to appeal it, but um, I'm going to have to take this off of Facebook too, guys. I'm really sorry. You know, my, I've never had a problem with doing things for free and um, I just can't keep rewarding these people for, for fucking, yo, I put a lot of time and money and effort into building up this page. I really like this community. I like, I know a lot of people don't, I like the people on Facebook, man. I like the people on Facebook. I do. I like you guys. I like this group. I like the people who are on my page. I really genuinely do. It's one of the reasons I keep going back to this. Well, cause I'm like, fuck it. I hate that company, but man, I like the people on this page. You're always cool to each other. You're cool with me when there's an asshole. You guys kick him out before I do. Like, this is a great fucking group. The people who are listening have always been great. My you guys, the people my who who, and I hate to say follow me because I don't like that terminology, but the people who uh uh I know Bill Cosby's free. I can't quite get it. We'll get to that in a second. And so I love you guys, but at some point, juice, juice and squeeze, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, juice and squeeze. And I, it was one thing when I was doing this for free, but they were allowing, they were sending notifications out to everybody. It'll still be on free on audio and stuff, but it just doesn't make sense for me to do it on this platform. So high live leaves. Uh, Facebook at the end of July and it'll just be on Patreon. Patreon is just $5, everybody. And um, I'll see what I'm going to do with this. The audio will always be free. The video will always be free. I just got to figure out where to do it where I don't feel like, where I don't feel like I'm getting taken advantage of. Oh, farmer's tan. How can you tell I have a farmer's tan from here, dude? I'm wearing a shirt. Now I do have a farmer's tan. 
but you can't tell that. I got the light on me. Wait till you see the difference between the tan of my arms and legs. It is fucking crazy. So, but yeah, guys, would love it if you could join me over there on Patreon. Uh, it's five dollars. Um, it's five dollars a month. You get high lives. You get solo pods. You get pictures. You get all that shit. So join me over there. So again, um, and welcome to everybody who's joining me right now at the designed designated time. I appreciate it, Brian. Um, I appreciate it very much, Angela. It's not going to go anywhere. Um, it just might have to adjust to a different place, and I'll let you know. Oh, when you raise my arm, can you see? I guess you can't really. Maybe you can tell the lights on it. You can't really tell the difference between the. Um, so, yes, the if you come on over to Patreon, but if not, guys, I, I'm not going to get rid of everything free, but. I, and these responses just mean I say goodbye to you as well. When people say I, I'm not going to pay or I'm not, you're not hurting my feelings. Just so you know, none of that shit does bother me. You make your decisions for your own life. You know what I mean? I don't want to say I don't give a fuck, but I didn't know you who you were before. I don't know who you are now. You got to do decisions that are right for your life. And I have to do the decisions that are right for my life. You know what I mean? And what's right for me is to stop rewarding this particular company. So we'll figure it out, guys. Um, now, tonight on the show is Pete Lee. If you don't know Pete, uh, if you don't know Pete, if you don't know Pete, um, Pete is a really funny comic. Really, hey, Julian Jen, really funny comic. And um, I met him doing Control Chaos. I have a lot of things I, I want to ask him about his style of comedy and where he grew up and all that stuff. So I'm really excited to get into some comedy nerd shit with Pete. Also, he's such a nice dude. Um, but I also, um, I know he got the COVID and he and his uh, girl got it pretty bad. I want to talk to him about that. And so a lot of things to talk to Pete about. Um, but I will... For sure, um, uh, uh, for sure, I get to that. I have some fun if guys, the special I shot. I'm pitching some great shows here in Nashville, lots of fun things to talk to you about. But I just saw an article about the okay, I don't, I mean, look, I don't know how else to get into this, but just I just saw an article about the ocean and maybe YouTube, YouTube, yeah. That's a good idea. But live streams, just so you know, live streams are penalized on YouTube. I see Pete Lee joining us right now, so we're going to get him in a couple seconds. But guys, um, I just read something like it said, 15 reasons, 15 facts about the ocean that you don't know that will petrify you, basically. First of all, fact number one for me is that it's the ocean. I'm scared of the ocean. To me, the ocean is the most powerful unknown thing on earth. But 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 when you read some of these things that you don't know about, first, I, I guess I knew that if you went deep enough, the ocean would literally crush you. But did you know that there are black holes in the ocean that once you get into, you're fucked, you can't get out of? Did you know that there are vents, thermo something vents in the ocean? That shoot up 700 degree heat, it would melt you. Did you know that shit? Did you did 
did you did you know that? Like I'm scared of the ocean. Like any Santa Monica, I don't want to go in that water. If I can't see my own feet, fuck you. I don't I uh, I need to see what's happening. The the you know, the clear water, I'll get in there because yo, I don't want to I don't want to see I don't want to step on a stingray or you know what a guy I did Shark Week. And I did a a, a a live show called Shark After Dark. And one of the guys, I said to him, I go, I just would never swim in waters with sharks. And he goes, have you been in Santa Monica? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, if you've been into Santa Monica waters waist deep, 100% chance you've been within four feet of a shark. And I was like, what? And he said, yeah, yeah, 100% chance. Fuck you. Uh, that is, I was like, damn it. And I know that most sharks aren't, and sharks aren't interested in eating you, but great. You know, those great white, the reason the juveniles are around Santa Monica, from what I understand, I could be wrong, is they're learning how to hunt. So they don't, they won't kill you, but they'll, they'll take a big black holes in the ocean. You, you heard me, David, black holes in the ocean. Now I'm going to bring somebody on right now. Who's not only one of my favorite comics out there. I, I And I want to ask him about this ocean thing because he seems like a cautious guy like me. So not only is he one of the funniest dudes out there and one of the nicest guys out there, but his comedy is so unique, especially now in a time when, um, you know, it's funny thing about Pete also is that Pete, there's some comics who are clean. And you sit there and all you can think about is he's just trying to be clean or this is so vanilla. But Pete does clean comedy without you even realizing it's clean comedy. It's just funny. But it has an edge. He's really good at throwing out insults without you knowing it's an insult. Are you watching it? You're like, did he just tear somebody down? I can't tell because it was so nice. Do you know what I mean? And so that's the kind of comedy I like. I feel like he and there's a guy named Nate Bargazzi who are so good at doing that, at sneaking that up to you. You're like, wait, did he just fuck somebody up? He's so nice. So everybody, one of my favorite comics out there and just a genuinely nice person, please say hello to my friend Pete Lee. Hey, Josh. Dude, hey, this man. is so awesome to be on your show. I wore my most Josh Wolf hat. By the way. <laughs> I, 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 I want like you always have cool hats on, and my my brother Rob got this for me in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. uh, he, like you know when you get so drunk at a bar that you buy a hat from there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's what my brother did at uh, Pete's Garage Bar in Oshkosh, and he got me this hat. I just want to hear you say Oshkosh, Wisconsin again. That was so Oshkosh, nice. Wisconsin. <laughs> oh my God. Oh yeah. It's, it's right up there oh. by Fond du Lac. Yeah. It's it's right up there by Sheboygan. And you can get some of the best pastries and cheese and beer in the world. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was thinking about you the other day, Pete, because you and I have had a conversation. You may not remember this. We were with uh -huh. Lara Bites, and it you know might have even been on chaos where she was talking about a pickle and peanut butter sandwich yeah <laughs> and i want you to know that i just had a conversation with somebody who said same thing and they were from the midwest and they said if you haven't tried it it's you'll never stop eating it 
It's absolutely well. I mean, it's the perfect mix between sweet and savory, and yeah. um, you know, I mean, Wisconsin people know how to eat some really messed up stuff, and uh, I like I have an iron stomach. Like I, I, I remember when I first moved to New York City. Um, the, like my, like I would go to a diner with friends and I would order cheesecake and then I'd be like, could I have a glass of milk with that? And they're like, you're going to eat, you're going to drink dairy on top of dairy. You're a maniac. Yeah. And I was like, this is what my family does. Like we, we would, we would drink milk with pasta and like my, <laughs> my New York and LA friends are like, I, my stomach, it couldn't handle, like I can handle anything. I came home from uh, a run. <laughs> I, I went for a run last night and um, I do you breathed. run after you drink milk and eat cheesecake. I do. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I do. Actually, you know, what's so funny is uh, <laughs> I know. Is that crazy? Like, I'm, I'm just like, yeah, I'll go for a run. I'm, I'm crazy. That's what that's what I want to get across to people is I'm a maniac. That's <laughs> I'll run on a full stomach. We in cross country in high school, our coach was a psychiatrist. He he was a psychiatrist that also, uh, mil, uh, what is that? Bradley Allen James, milk and spaghetti in my house. So, yes. Thank you so much, Bradley. You, I feel validated. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in, in high school, our, our cross country coach, he was a, a psychiatrist. And, um, and then he also taught uh, psychology at our school. And he told us to like, like, he's like, if you're running with somebody and you're neck and neck and you think they're going to beat you, be like, oh my God, dude, I just ate, like, I ate the most sausage before this race. Like my, like, I just, I ate sausage. I piled pancakes on top of it. I drank milk. Cause when you're running, just the thought of that, if you're like really at high stress, will just take you down. Really? And so he was like, yeah, he was like, He's like, look, Michael Jordan talks the most shit in the NBA, like talk shit while you're out there on the course. And like, I never said anything like, oh, you know, your your mom's a slut or like, you know, you suck or like, I hate your face or anything like that. But I would be like, I'd be like, dude, I had this I had these pancakes and like I slathered them with so much butter <laughs> and syrup. Dude. And that's how I would I would like beat people in cross country. country trash talkers are going to be the worst. Look at your legs, bird guy. Do you know what I mean? Nice muscle tone, Mike. Like, what do you what do you say? Yeah. <laughs> nice tank top. Yeah. Tommy. I don't know. Good. I feel like whatever the insult is, the yeah. name has to have the same letter. Good. <laughs> Great tan line, Lenny. Yeah. <laughs> nice gams, Gary. Uh, <laughs> this is the worst trash talking ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you look like you gained three pounds, fat guy. Look yeah. at look, what are you over 120 now? How are you running with that on you? <laughs> I, I I went for I went for a run last night and uh you know we we're, we're both good friends with Becky Robinson, she's yeah. my neighbor. And Becky has been uh, she's been training with that Stacia girl. So like she's been like really like like on her diet meal plan, uh, working out every day. Like she, Becky looks incredible. However, Becky had like two tequila shots last night and she was on one. And um, she's I, so funny, by the way, dude, she's so funny. She I think she's one of the funniest people on the planet. Yeah. And I come home from a four mile run and I'm sweating and I just see everyone from our neighborhood in her living room while she's learning a TikTok dance drunk off of her ass. And uh, like and I, I walk in and she's like, Peter, you're doing a tequila shot right now. And I was like, OK, I just got done with a run, but I'll do that. And so I don't know if you know how fast you get drunk when you've just gone for a four mile run and then no. she pours you basically like 
like a whole like oh like no tum- this is this is water i when i get done drinking my espresso in this i drink water out of it afterwards but uh it was literally a shot like this after a four mile run that i was like cool and my Did stomach you- was fine that's crazy. By the way, do you d- drink a hot espresso out of a glass cup? Yeah, I like um, I like espresso out of like a shot glass. This is, um, but this is technically when I bought this on Amazon, it said that it was a, an espresso glass, but it's it's a shot. It's a it's tumbler. a shot glass. Yeah, it's a tumbler. Yeah. Usually hot, and don't you want a mug? You like to scorch your hands, or? Well, this is really thick glass, especially down at the bottom. All right, um, all right. Right now, I'm I'm flirting with disaster because I'm tipping this so that the camera can see it, but it, like I'm about to spill it onto my laptop, so I'm gonna bring it. Back. Guys, Pete, I told you, Pete Lee is crazy. I'm Look crazy. at him flirting with disaster with flirting. His- I wrote a I wrote a new bit where I was like I was like I'm middle aged crazy. Uh, like sometimes I'll put sparkling water in my CPAP humidification tank. <laughs> <laughs> like I get caliente because it's Topo Chico, <laughs> and I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that bit because one night I was out on I was out on the road uh, like we do, and uh, the hotel was out of bottled water, and like you have to have like purified bottled water, but they had Perrier, and so I just like put it in my CPAP humidification tank, and then like tried to let the bubbles dissipate. Does it work? It did, but it actually felt a little spicy. Like you know when you drink when you drink carbonated water, and then you get like a good like. <laughs> Like like uh, so Travis said, living on the edge. Q Aerosmith. Yeah, living on the edge. Yeah. If you guys want to uh, follow me for some fire content, follow me at Peatley 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 on TikTok and Instagram. Dude, <laughs> let me ask you something about your standup. I'm yeah. so curious because when I started, much like Dane or Delia, I was a big physical and I could rely on Waka Waka. Yeah. You, yeah. That's not your style. So when you like, what was everybody had like a cheat early on and mine mm-hmm. was getting bigger, but for a comic like you who kind of stands still and just delivers, what, what, what was your cheat? Well, there was an evolution to that. Um, when I first started, uh, Nick Swartzen is and was like one of my comedy heroes. He was uh, I met him the first night that I did stand up comedy. And, you know, Nick, uh, Nick stands and delivers a little bit more now. But I mean, he was extremely physical. And um, and I remember watching that and going like, I got to I got to be so physical. Like one of my opening bits was uh and I didn't realize this wasn't a universal thing, but in Minnesota, the air is so dry that when you drag your feet across uh, carpet, uh, you can like you basically can shock people with your finger. Yeah, you, yeah. You, it's like it was like the original taser. Right. So I did this whole bit about uh, like about if I ever had a home intruder, all I'd have to do is just like make sure I got him in the living room so that I could drag <laughs> my feet across the carpet yeah, and, like, a great and, ta- bit. and taser the dude. And um, but it was so physical. I mean, I was dragging my feet all across the, you know, the, the thing. And then I would actually like take my finger um, like I would put the mic in the mic stand and I would I would like like zap the mic. Yeah. But I wound up breaking microphones because it, like that's a lot of electricity going to a place where there's a lot of electricity. And I remember the comedy club. They're like, dude. We've never had a comedian break so many microphones as you. So I, I bought so many Sure. Uh, I think it's like get out of like, here. 
Yeah, I I bought uh, it was whatever the eighty, the sure eighty. I went. Yeah. I remember going to Guitar Center and just buying a bunch of them and being like, "Sorry, I got I got this is this is my bit that I got to do because it's physical." And <laughs> um, it's a good bit. Yeah, and it's it's a great bit. And then um, there was this guy named Dwight York. Uh, so Mitch Hedberg was a friend of mine back in Minnesota because you know he's from there, and he would just come to hang out with his family and then come down to the comedy club. You know, so, like. What's funny is I saw that story about you and Mitch the other day, and I also with friends with Mitch from Seattle, I watched his first Letterman appearance in his apartment on Alta Vista. Whoa. With his oh. then with his then girlfriend. Wow. In LA. Wow. That is wild. That that famous Letterman where he downed a whole fifth of whiskey, and then he was like, by the time I get up there, like like it will just make me feel warm. Wow. That's that That's was his wild. his very first one. That was wow. That is really special. I mean, he was he was a special guy, and like I I also you know like early on you don't steal bits, but you you're learning how to do comedy, and so you're seeing people that you like, and you're kind of trying on some of their tactics. Um, like hey, a what lot of I... a lot of Attell cadences came out of New York for a while. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And yeah. I mean it, it's. It's I when I'm in New York, I actually um, like I'll I'll walk down into the cell. Attell always says when I'm on stage, come down and talk to me while I'm on stage. So I'll either go on stage or I'll, I'll like yell to him from the audience. And it's hard even just when you're riffing with Dave to not try to do his cadence because it's it's so good. And um, so it, it's it's like notes like that where it's like a little bit of cadence. It's like you're learning how they structure their jokes. And uh, so that kind of got me more into like I went from being super physical to then I was like a, a one liner comic and th who had. But at that point, it's not like you can switch styles. It's like I had my new material that was very still and then uh -huh. my old material that was super physical. <laughs> and so it was like, like a crazy mixture. And then um, when I got to New York, I was I was really physical when I got to New York in 2005 uh, when I moved there. And uh, I remember um, I remember uh, Jeff Singer from Just for Laughs. He was like, dude, you're in New York now. Use your words. And uh, and I was like, oh, crap. You know? And yeah. he, he, he was like, stop doing all this physical crap and just use your words. And so I was like, oh, OK, I got to figure that out. And then I really liked all the mean comics in New York. And uh, when I when I. My, on my first day in New York, I got to see Jezelnik do his premium blend because we taped it on the same day. And I remember watching that going, man, that guy's mean. It was yeah. so funny. Like, like you remember his bit about the motorcycle? I saw that bit um, for the people that don't know. Uh, I, I just like I want to tell people about this bit. He, tell him, he, tell him, tell him. He, he was like, I was never allowed to get a motorcycle uh, because my my mom's brother died tragically in a motorcycle accident. Uh, or no, he goes, he goes, I was never allowed to buy a motorcycle because my mom's brother died tragically in a motorcycle accident. So I just got his motorcycle. And I remember like seeing that going, that's so edgy. That's so amazing. And then uh -huh. like, I, I'd be around like, like Jim Norton and Patrice and Greg Giraldo. And I just wanted to be an edgy comic so badly. And I, I tried it on and it didn't work for me. Like, like it just didn't, it by the yeah, way, I, me too. I I, yeah. I went through the same exact thing in L.A. Looking at, I would look at Stan Hope when he uh, was there and Joey Diaz, and I, I was like, 
I want that type of reaction. Yeah. That's what I want. I want that type of reaction from the crowd that, that I felt like they got from their material. But what, what I also realize is like the difference between those guys you just mentioned, by the way, Patrice and Greg Giraldo, it's some of the best two Patrice should be in anybody's Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Right. But, but, but you know what it was for Pete for me is that one of the reasons that most people wouldn't leave and Joe Diaz, we'll use him as as a modern day example is filthy. He's filthy. (laughs) But one of the reasons people don't get really offended is because it's authentic. Yes. Yeah. Right. So when you and I do it, it doesn't come across as authentic. It, It comes across as people who are dirty or shocking yeah, like you know? we're we're trying to be shock jocks, but on stage and it doesn't like and I mean, I will say this about, you know, about Anthony Jeselnik, like he's one of the kindest people that I've ever met off stage. And then he he says all this mean stuff. But like there's something within his his soul where like that's the that's his humor. That's where like his brain goes there comedically, naturally. And the crowd can tell that even though he's. You know, I mean, he has a special called Fire in the Maternity Ward, and he's one of the nicest guys on the planet. Um, but like I, you know, yeah, for for you and I, I like we can't get away with that. And like um, I got I actually got a really great compliment from Patrice because uh, I was struggling with that when I I started to find my, you know, my point of view is basically like it sucks to be nice. Like I it, and I never say that on stage, but it sucks and it's painful to walk around the earth and just try to be a kind person and. Um, and I'm kind of weird and like, I send too many emojis and like, you know, when iMessage came out with that feature where you could have those reactions to things with heart shapes and thumbs ups, like, yeah. oh my God, my friends, <laughs> my friends had an intervention with me the other day. They literally, they were like, dude, we're putting you on a group text because we need to talk to you about like you heart shape everything. And, um, and like, I, they sent me this text that was like, it kind of hurt my feelings, but my hand was like, like my hand was like shaking, like, like oh, I want to uh, do it. I, I want to heart shape it. I want to, I want to, I want to double tap it so bad. And then I was like, I was like, thumbs up. And I just, you know, like, but there, so there's pain. Like that's an example of like, there's pain and stuff, you know, like there's pain and being kind. And I, t- I try to talk about that, you know? And, um, you know, so, but I remember at Montreal, um, uh, I, I was sort of I, I went up there as a new face and there were a lot of there like at that time, there were a lot of like hardcore comics and they would say this phrase. They would go, you got to speak the truth, man. Yeah. You got to speak your truth. And what that meant to them was like, you need to you need to say the harshest, uh, most real things on the planet. But that's not my truth. Like I I literally look at the world as kind of an optimist. So I had to figure out how to make that happen. And after my new faces showcase, I remember Patrice was there and I could see him in the crowd because he was a gigantic man. And I remember and you were in Mont- you were in Canada, right? I was in Canada. So and- one of the three black guys in Canada and yeah. also large <laughs> and also <laughs> large yeah. and one of my heroes. Yeah, and I, like, yeah. I could like, yeah, like. Like, you know, um, like, like, you know, like the the NBA logo of like the silhouette of the guy dribbling. Like yeah. I could I, I could literally see a silhouette of Patrice and be like, that's Patrice O'Neill, you know, like, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I um, after the after the show, uh, Patrice and Robert Kelly were out in front of the venue 
and I was like, Hey, Patrice, uh, I'm Pete. Um, I, I just was on stage and can I get a picture with you? And I had a Sony like cyber shot camera. Like this is, this was before all of our phones had awesome cameras. <laughs> yeah. So I had to like turn it on and it had like a turn on noise. It was like, it was like <laughs> and then the lens went like, and, and like telescoped out and, Robert Kelly was like, he's like, I, he knew me and he was, he was like, I'll take your picture, stupid. He's, he's like, he's like, by the way, Patrice doesn't want to take this picture with you. He's, he's like, he, he thinks you stink. And Patrice goes, no, honestly, he goes, this guy knows exactly what is fucked up about himself. And he's telling us on stage why, like, he goes, he goes, he knows, he goes, he knows he's like, there, there wasn't a term extra back then, but like, he, he goes, he's, he knows he's too much. I think he said too much. And I was like, thank you, Patrice. And um, and Robert goes, no, he goes, he goes, if he's being nice to you, that means he hates you. That's like the rule of Patrice. <laughs> and Patrice was like, no, man, I like this guy. He knows exactly what's weird about himself. And so that was really validating to me because, I mean, Patrice, one of the purveyors of the idea of like, you got to speak your truth on stage. Like, like he saw me like, like he, he saw what I was doing that like my truth, although optimistic or, you know, my truth, although it's about me being too much and like too extra or, too, you know, whatever, like that's my truth. And that's how I see the world. And that's what's funny about me. And so it felt great that like such a hardcore comedian, um, you know, gave me that nod like early on, you know, <laughs> you, you know, what's funny, man, is that like you, it's so funny. You say you got to speak your truth. And, and you're right. What that means doesn't mean calling somebody out or being edgy or it's whatever your truth is on stage. And, and, and I'm kind of a silly, fun person. Yeah. You're right? very silly and fun. Like doing your my... show, it's your jam. Like you doing chaos with Josh. It was it, like, I Dude. had so much fun sitting on that couch riffing with you. You're By the silly. way, you're, you're so fun. You're you were so funny on that show, Pete. <laughs> oh, thank you. So funny. One of I truly and you know one of I, and I say this a lot, but you know, Control Chaos was one of my babies and one of my favorite mm -hmm. things to do. And I'll I'll go to my grave saying that that could have been a show somewhere. But it that still might said, be in some iteration of sure. it. It might be a show. But um, my but favorite thing about it is that I got to know comics that I had always wanted to get to know like you and some other people that I had never really spent any time with. And it was so fun to see all those different types of comedy kind of get together on that couch and riff with each other. Yeah. I mean, I was I, at one point, I remember I was on that show. Uh, I forget who the other comic was. I think it was like James Davis and Margaret Cho. And yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know either of them. Uh, but like, and part of it, like you can gel with comics as long as you have a mutual friend. And especially with you, like you're, you're so quick witted that it makes it easier for the guest. Like it oh, makes thanks, it, dude. you're so funny. And that like, as the guest, you never feel like you have to carry the whole load. It's like, um, it's like a great team in, in basketball or something like that, where when everybody's good, they have to guard everybody, you know, like, like it just makes it easier for you. And um, so I remember, like your stuff was so funny that it would spawn like good ideas spawn good ideas. And so I felt like it was easy where we've both been in situations where we're on TV shows or we're being interviewed and um, 
or we're trying to riff and you're just get hitting roadblocks with that person. You're not feeling that vibe. Uh, and you would think that it'd be the exact opposite. Like if you're with somebody who's lightning fast, you're like, ah, I don't know how I can keep up or whatever, but I, like you were just inspiring. I like, appreciate that, man. Listen to Yeah. The worst part is that when you're doing something with somebody and you can tell that they're not listening, they're just waiting to get their joke out. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, and you're thinking to yourself, Hey, that joke's not going to work. Because we're not talking about that anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But you know they're going to go back to, you know, we were talking about Justin Bieber. That was 15 minutes ago, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking about Bieber anymore. But the, you can tell they're just waiting for their, just waiting for their turn. Yeah. And, and the, the funny way to make that funny would be to go like, did, did you have a joke about Justin yeah. Bieber? <laughs> like, can we, can we, let's all pretend like we're still talking about Justin Bieber. And then you say your line. And then the line yeah. goes or it doesn't, but like, you know, that I feel like if, if you and I were on the couch and somebody next to us or next to me was said that you and I would both be like, we would lock eyes and be like, this is the game we're playing, right? Yeah, this, <laughs> this is, this is it. That's <laughs> And then for the, for the rest, for the rest of the show, we would, we would continue that game. We'd be like, like, we'd be talking about, uh, you know, like tomatoes at the grocery store. And I'd be like, well, I mean, I got to say those kind of remind me of Justin Bieber, you know, because yeah. they're yummy. Uh, like, we, would be, we would be fucking with that guy so for the rest of the show. Do you riff a lot when you're on stage? I do. Yeah. And um, like I find a lot of material that way. Like that's part of my writing process. Now, I used to sit down and just like write and write and write. And not that I don't still, you know, sit down and write, but the majority I'll take a little tiny nugget on stage where I'm like, I know this is funny and it's almost like Amazon. Like if you like this, like maybe you'll like this. Yeah. My, 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 like, like my brain just starts running. <laughs> yeah. My brain just starts going. And then, and then I like, I riff and then I record all my shows and um, you know, I, I try to cut them up and I've been putting more clips online. Uh, I just, but I, I love it when we're like, I, you know how you're, you're saying is like, like, I love weird shit. Like, yeah, I was down at the copper blues live in, uh, or CB live down in Phoenix this last week. Um, and, uh, Oh, question for you both is riffing hard. Um, Jeff McParland. Thank you. Um, riffing is, by the way, just so you know, I'm throwing, you can't see this chat, but I can see the chat and I'm throwing the questions uh, up from the chat. Oh, great. Oh, that's okay. awesome. Um, okay. so, um, but the, uh, um, is riffing hard. Um, honestly, I feel like it's easy. Like you're, you get inspired and, and your brain, your brain gets triggered with something and you're like, I could go three different ways with this. Like I need to choose my own adventure and I'm hoping that I choose wisely. I, I was down at CB live on Saturday night. Uh, the, it's the sun's game five were somehow sold out, like packed to the gills during a, like in Phoenix. That's during amazing, a dude. It was like, I am totally like brag. Uh, like yeah. it, it was amazing. Um, how great is that, that room, by the way? How beautiful that, that room. It's like, I mean, the Tempe improv is where I taped my special uh, tall, dark and pleasant coming out July 9th on Showtime. Yeah. Uh, but uh, which I thought Tempe improv was my favorite room. And I think I think CB live might be it. It's Just oh so great. The green room alone. Oh, yeah. Oh, First my of God. All, are you are you are you and, and 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 please tell me what happened on stage there but tell me real quick are you like me like if you go into a club for the first time and you're like no bathroom in the green room mental note not coming 
back? Here. Yes. I I would say that the one exception to that is uh, Omaha Funny Bone doesn't have a, a bathroom there, but I, I love Colleen and I love that club and I will Colleen always go back there. Colleen is the best, 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 best. But yeah, Colleen is so great that she makes up for no bathroom in the <laughs> Like, like you're... <laughs> It when you, as a comic, when you have no bathroom in the green room, that means that you are going to be in the bathroom that night and there's going to be a drunk, like heterosexual, uh, like man in the bathroom who, while you're pissing, puts his hand on your shoulder and is like, dude, I just got to tell you, my wife and I think you're fucking hilarious and it's just so great to be able to talk to you. And I'm, and I'm like, uh, dude, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, like I was peeing and then it stopped when he slapped my shoulder. Yeah. And I gotta get more out. <laughs> Can we do this in the showroom? Is that yeah. cool? Is yeah. she in there too? Because I'll talk to both of you in there. Yeah. Have you well, ever had anyone talk to you from the stall? Oh yeah, yeah. Where they're yeah, they're like they're like, bro, great show. I can see you through the crack in the this door. Was, and- this I got one guy who was like, hey, bro, this was exactly what I got. I hear, hey, bro, and I'm I'm at the urinal, and I'm looking around. I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I can't see anybody. He's like, in the, I'm, I'm in here, I'm in the stall, and I just kind of peeing, and I, I go, hey, and he just like this, he goes, oh, pee, he goes, hey, man, just want you to know, can't wait for the show, and I was like, oh, <laughs> dude, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh my, oh my god! Oh my god! I'm gonna pay, dude. Can we oh. do this? It's like, come on, man. This oh my is god. Is the when do you go on stage, bro? So, oh my god, that is so funny, Josh. You're my favorite comedian. Like, You're my favorite. And just while we're riffing on this, I gotta say, it reminds me of Justin Bieber. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tag yeah tagline tag yeah by uh, the way do you mind there are a lot of people who are wanting to come on the show i i share a screen and they want to ask yeah. questions are you cool with that i'm 100 percent cool with that. i, I yeah. figured you would be so guys i'm putting the stream yard uh link up it's right there on the screen if you have, make sure if you're coming on that you have a question for Pete or myself or about comedy or about, or if you want to ask us advice, I'm sure we'd oh. be fine with that as well. I'll give advice. Um, yeah. Also, in the meantime, I want to tell you what happened on stage at Copper yes. Blues go, go, Live. Go, go. So, uh, sold out show during the Suns game, packed, da 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 da, brag. Um, uh, all of a sudden, an Amber Alert goes off. So that means everyone's phones are like, and um mine like my phone's always on stage because i have my countdown clock and i have my i'm recording the shows and you know everybody got the same amber alert so i I screen grabbed it and i knew they were recording the shows and then i record all my shows from a gopro that's like sitting on the the, like so a gopro gets the audience point of view yep and so immediately i was like all right there's there's a bunch of different places i can go with this but the, the funniest part to me was that like because everybody was getting the alerts at different times and it seemed like it was going in waves. I was like I, the game that I played was like, all right, so the Verizon people got it first and then like yeah. AT&T people <laughs> and then right on cue. It was like like a minute later after silence, it was like Burr! I was like T-Mobile. I found the T-Mobile yeah. people and then like it would happen again and I'd be like boost mobile cricket. 
like prepaid wireless, uh, Android, you know, like, and, um, and it was just such a fun game to play in that moment. But like, uh, I had audience members come up to me afterwards and they're like, dude, we thought you were like screwed or dead in the water. Like there's an Amber alert. There's been a child that has been abducted. How do you make that funny? And, um, I also, uh, I read the description on stage of the guy and, um, the description of it, I'm going to try to see if I can pull it up on my phone. Um, but the description of it was so detailed. Um, it said that this guy had a thin mustache. Uh, like, yeah, he, uh, so it, he was five, eight, uh, approximately 132 pounds, a thin mustache. So I was like, I was like, did the person writing this Amber alert, like, are they kind of trolling this guy? Yeah. <laughs> Bird legs. Yeah, bad shoulders, bird legs, bad shoulders. Uh, can't hold down a job. No uh, ass. No, you know what no I mean? ass. Yes, <laughs> super small feet. Um, kind pretty shitty car. If I'm being honest, you know, like like not really a man's car. If terrible I IG page. Yeah. <laughs> not funny at all. <laughs> Halitosis. Uh, that's why his mustache is so thin. Like it, his breath is so bad that his mustache can't even grow. Dude, like it's, it's like bad did, soil. Did you ever? <laughs> did you ever hear Stan Hope talk about? Uh, he was talking about. Look, man. He was like, and I'm going to paraphrase it, and I'm going to get it terribly mm -hmm. wrong. And for me, Stan Hope is an also to say that he's underrated sounds ridiculous. But when, I, when when people don't mention him in the greats that are right now, yeah. it's ridiculous. To, to, to get the laughs he gets with the subject matter and how he talks about him. Because he's so fucking smart, man. He's oh so God. smart. Like, yeah. But he told a joke once. He was talking about, you know, is it really more dangerous now or are we just living by fear? And he was like, let me tell you something right now. I'm going to tell you something all for all you scared that somebody pedophiles, nobody wants to fuck your ugly kid. <laughs> and I was like, what is he saying? He was like, just, he goes, no, some of you got good looking kids and you got to watch out for them. But you're that fat kid. Who's not going to fit in the van. Nobody's picking him up. Nobody wants him. He can yeah. walk around by himself all he wants. Like I, but, but to, to get to that and to, to have the balls and have people be okay with you saying it is like is i mean well you have to be i i would say that that if you're gonna do mean humor or like or like edgy humor whatever you're saying has to be funnier than it is edgy or yes mean. like and and stan hope is so brilliant that he he figures that out where like he'll even introduce a subject and the crowd is going, oh, like, I don't think I can laugh at that. Like, and then he will he will prove them wrong and they'll be la they'll be pissing their pants laughing a minute later going, how did he do it? And then he'll start up the next chunk and you're going, oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, like and he world... makes you laugh at what you believe. Uh huh. Uh huh. He's so good. Most times, if someone on stage starts to get into something you don't believe in, you tune right out. He's so good at getting into you and being like, this is why you're silly. Yeah. This is why you're messed up. And, you know, people also like you would, you would assume that Doug Stanhope is like a, like a bad guy off stage. He's the biggest sweetie in the whole wide world. Like, he, now he did he, have sex with my ex 
when I oh. was ready for this. And he is. He called me the next day. And um, I, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. He won't care. We've talked about it since and it's no big deal. Yeah. So this woman I was living with at the time. And he called me. He goes, hey, bro. And I was like, yeah. He was like, I, I'm not, let's just say her name is Becky. Okay. It's not, but you know, it's not I, Becky. Yeah. 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 He goes, I had sex with Becky. I'm like, what? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, but I just want to let you know. It wasn't my fault. I go, what, what do you mean? He was like, well, I wanted to have sex with her friend. Let's call her Sally. Mm-hmm. But Sally said, I'll only have sex with you if Becky can come too. And he was like, fine. He was like, so just so you know, I didn't want to do it, but I kind of <laughs> had to. Oh my God. Oh and my God. He was, he, he ended the conversation with, so we good? I'm like, no, we're not good, bro. <laughs> we're not good. You know, I appreciate the phone call, I guess, but we're not good. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's but, a, that's he, not a you got to take time to process that, man. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and like break up with her and then be like, <laughs> like, like maybe take a few months. Now we're good. We're, yeah. Before we're good. Yeah, yeah. But I will tell you, I respected him calling me so much. It really took some of the edge off it. And truth be told, I knew in my heart of hearts that my relationship with this woman was whatever. And yeah. but the fact that it ended with, so we good. Like he was like, what I'm going I was up front, so we're we're good. And I was like, nah, "Good's not the right word." But yeah, Doug, that's uh, yeah, Doug, your uh, your pills from last night haven't worn off yet. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. You, your empathy center is not engaged. And um, but I I bet from his point of view, he probably was like, "Dude, if your girlfriend will just come and do a three way with me, like you're not marrying her." Like like I know this is heartbreaking right now, but I probably helped you out in figuring yeah. something because like. You could have you could have married her like you could have gone down the road with that and then found out that you have a maniac. I honestly house. think, you know, I, I honestly think Doug Stanhope has a really strong moral compass. I really mm-hmm. do believe that. Yeah. Um. Um. I, yeah. And so th- honestly, dude, zero hard feelings towards him at the time. It was it was it was hard just more because where I was in my life. But like for him, he just have the balls to call me but the we good was like we good yeah we, we good, good right now i can see everybody in Streamyard, and anybody has a question for pete please mm-hmm. raise your hand and i will bring you on the screen um okay hold on a second pete this is ray ray hi hey ray ray how hi, are you how are you i'm doing wonderful doing? um who do you idolize as a comedian Ooh. uh josh wolf specifically hilarious <laughs> thank you ray ray thank um, you thank you're you welcome that was wonderful. Um, I like Ray Ray a lot. Uh, Ray is the best. Um, she looked like she literally was just going to the gym. Like, uh, like you know that girl that like shows up at the gym and she's all cute. Um, like, like she just looks perfect. Yeah. Uh, before uh, she like works out really hard and her face is all red. <laughs> like, you know that like pre-gym moment where you're like, I'm beautiful now and I'm doing this to be beautiful, but then it's I'm gonna look like a mess. Uh, By the way, she's not eating cheesecake and drinking milk before she goes no, to the gym. No, she was very fit. No. Um, Who is your comedic? Um, I, uh, you know, I, I really like. I studied Gary Shandling for a long time because I felt like when I was trying to figure out how to do this type of humor, um, a friend of mine turned me on to him. So I watched everything that I could from Gary Shandling and, uh, I I absolutely love him. Um, I like Ellen a lot or, you know, I, I have like, I know everybody says that she's bad to her staff or whatever, but, uh, 
I think her humor is absolutely amazing. And if anybody just wants me to take over her show, I will. And I'll dye my hair blonde. And I don't think people will tell it the difference. You guys <laughs> get the, you guys have the same size titties. I think you could do it for sure. Same, same titties. <laughs> Same titties. Yeah. Yes. By the way, th that could be the slogan. New voice, same yeah. titties. New voice, same titties. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, sure a lot of networks are going to line up for that one. I think it's really good for the daytime format. I think that's perfect. But Snuggle um, Storm. Yep. Snuggle Storm. I, yep. I love, um, I mean, I think we all love Dave Chappelle at, you know, like he's, he's one of the best in the business and, you know, we're lucky enough that we get to be at comedy clubs and watch him drop in and, you know, work through his bits and like, we get to see his process and he'll go for, you know, for five minutes, just, just talking and finding something funny on stage. And so it, it's really encouraging, you know, somebody who's always trying to write new material. Just Let me ask you a question. Yeah. I know what it is for me and I, and I'll, I'll, I'll answer my own question after you do. What yeah. is it about the five minutes of just talking as a comic that draws you in that makes you go, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's ballsy. Like, like it's, it's so ballsy to be like, I'm comfortable if there's silence, there can be silence. And, uh, you know, as somebody who, I mean, my, my style is pretty rapid fire because I typically don't want a whole lot of silence while I'm on stage. Uh, Most people don't. No, most people don't. But yeah. like, I will say this, that um, if I crush hard enough in my first 20 minutes, I feel like I can take a longer journey to get into something or that's when I feel like I can riff and I can explore into a bit where maybe it turns out to be nothing. And if it turns out to be nothing, I'll go, ah, that one sucked. We all agreed upon it. Like, yeah. And it's kind of funny. Like, like how funny is it that we all agreed that that sucked? You know, yeah. <laughs> well, you guys really get together as a crowd. You either laugh together or you don't laugh together or you do not laugh together. Yeah. And, um, but so, yeah, I mean, seeing somebody like Dave do that, it, uh, it's ballsy. What, what about it to you? Um, do you like, it's the same thing. It is, it shows when now look, he's Chappelle. So the audience gives him however much time he wants. Yeah, that is true. So part of that, I'm sure, has to do with how much confidence he has. Mm -hmm. But also, it shows you, one, that even at the tippity top, you have to do the work. Yeah. Nothing's just funny. Mm -hmm. You still have to talk for five minutes sometimes and get no laughs. To even at the bottom, at the top, the process is still the fucking process. Yeah. And you are going to work things out and not get laughs. And what it showed me is like, it's like when I went to the rock and roll hall of fame in Cleveland and I saw there was a notebook that had a scratched out. Hey Jude. It's where McCartney wrote. Hey Jude. Wow. And it gave me chills. Cause I was like, yeah, I write in a notebook. Oh, I scratch mm -hmm. shit out just like that. I'm not McCartney, but we're all starting in the same place. Even yeah. the great greats. So it makes me like, oh, okay, he's he. It's no risk, get no biscuit, man. So yeah. he's he's getting up there, like you said, the balls. I see you, Josh. You're next. Um, I, and he's somebody who's underneath. Um, so so that like is like, for me, that I agree with you. It just is inspirational to know that we're all still doing it the same way. Yeah, and like you know, there's this. Um, you know, there's this thing that is, it's this idea that's proliferated. Um, like, you know, I think, uh, 
people people always kind of like put down female comics and they'll be like oh like she just you know she must have fucked her way to the top or whatever it's impossible it is impossible to like there's no shortcuts in this business like like when you see a female comic on stage and she is amazing she worked her fucking ass off for that and like there's no dick you can suck to become great at comedy other than i'd have sucked it already yeah i would have like (laughs) yeah i mean there's no there's no shortcut if i told you right now look man you can take the real long road you can struggle for money eat chicken fingers for two years in the back you sleep on somebody's couch eat shit or you can suck one dick to great comedy i'd have been like where's that dick yeah where's that you know what's funny about that this is how much i love comedy uh i like like my price to suck a dick would probably be around two million (laughs) but if you just if i could catapult to greatness in comedy and have a great comedy career, I'd be like, yeah, where's that dick? I like, like I will, I will suck that dick. Like I care. Yeah. I'll say waka waka at the end too. I don't care. Yeah. I'll throw a catchphrase. You want a catchphrase? Yeah. This dick ain't going to suck itself. What do you want me to say? (laughs) (laughs) I'll get you a catchphrase. Yeah, man. Oh my God. That's (laughs) so funny. Uh, We have another question from a a young man named Josh Flores. We'll bring him on. Josh, how are you, man? Doing pretty good. How about yourself, Josh? Good. Thank you. What do you got for us? Um, What would you have personally considered your first successful show to have been? Oh, Oh, wow. That's a great question, Josh. Thank you. Um, well, speaking of Chappelle, I, I, after his, um, uh, after he got the, uh, Mark Twain award, he went on stage, uh, uh, at the, uh, at the DC improv and isn't that funny how comedians like they could do Madison square garden and then they'll be at the cellar later, you know, like, like Dave wanted to do another show after the show. So he had, uh, he had all these people out to the improv and he told the story about how his first time on stage, he crushed and then he bombed for like the next eight times. And that was exactly my experience. Like I had the hottest first set of comedy ever. And then I came back and I was I sucked for eight times in a row. So like for a full week before the next open mic, I was like, this is easy. Like I'm a comic. I got this. And then I went up on stage and the crowd was like, you don't got this. (laughs) You don't got this at all. But I already had it in my brain that I was a comedian. And uh, yeah, when when was the first time that you were on stage? uh, I thought I really clicked. You know what, Pete? It's. It's such a difficult question because when is the first time I thought it clicked or when is the, (laughs) do you know what I mean? When's the first time I thought I was a good comic or looking back now, when's the first time I was a good comic? Ah, yeah, that, that's an interesting one because like, I think it's two different times. I will tell you the first time I honestly feel like I was a good comic comic was probably f- five years ago okay yeah now, i've I'd had great sets before then and but the first time josh that i was like all right was honestly it, okay pete remember how we had talked about moving around a lot and yeah and i'd gotten into some bad habits of being on the road and that bad mm. habit included being bigger than i needed to be when I wasn't confident in a joke, getting louder than I needed to be. 
Yeah. And so I took one year where I just stood in front of the microphone and another tour where I sat the whole time. Oh, wow. And then I combined all three, the movement and that Josh, that first run back, I was like, this feels like I'm a standup this because there's this in the set, which -hmm. it should be. You can't come out of the shoot and be on 10 the whole time. And you can't. And for me, look, man, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud because I think he might've been one of the first people I remember watching and thinking, Oh, I want to do stand up, which was Stephen Wright. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I went and saw an out and 15 minutes of him made me hurt myself. An, <laughs> an hour was too much. Cause it was this for too long. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's it's a, uh... It, it, his cadence, um, the rhythm. If everything in For life me. is is wavelengths, um, like you, you're like it needed to. You needed to change up. I mean, that's why that's why bands will uh, like even heavy metal bands will have a power ballad. You know, right. back back in the day, like because they had to do a change of pace song. Um, and that's what it was for me, man. That for Josh, when I when I started changing the pace, is when I started to go. Got it. Got mm-hmm. it. This is this is right. This feels like because this feels like how humans talk to each other. And you know what, Pete, I made a I made a at the same time made a slight adjustment to my delivery that really I think changed the trajectory of my career. I'm going to tell you something I'm not sure I've said out loud before. I love this. Before I put Father Time out on YouTube, which was not Father Time, Father of the Year, which was a, I put out. I was having serious conversations with Beth about I'm going to have to find something else to do. Like I had, I had actively shed the Chelsea lately fans because they weren't my fans. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if I hold on to these people, I'm eventually going to lose them. And then I'm going to have nothing. I will, I won't have worked on finding my own fans. Mm -hmm. So ticket sales were dropping as you know, you know, out of, t- yeah. out of sight, out of mind, ticket sales were dropping. My money on the road was dropping and clubs were mm, giving me weeks. Like, you want to do Halloween? I'm like, no, I don't want Halloween. You know what I mean? The weekend. Yeah. You want to do July 4th? No, I don't fucking want to no. do July yeah. 4th. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I was telling Beth, I'm like, I got to. This this might be it. This might be yeah. it. This might be it. Now wait, what? I forget why I started to talk about this. Um, we were talking about. Uh, oh God. Um, wait. Uh, it was the the first set that you that you really felt like it clicked. And then and then you, and then you were talking oh. to. So I think you're leading up to that set. So after I put that online and it worked, um. I was like, okay, this is how, this is the adjustment I'm making. And I did it for that set and it worked better than I could have hoped. Mm -hmm. I I said to myself, I'm going to talk to these, the crowd, like, like they're my friends. This is a a conversation I'm having with my friends. So I'm, I'm interactive. I laugh with you. I high five people. I ask questions. I might talk to one person for a little while. I'll go back to you, but it should feel when you walk out of my show, what I want you to th- feel like is you just had a, you just watched a friend of yours tell some stories in your yeah. living room. 
Yeah, I I I had a similar revelation. Um, I had this girlfriend in college named Bree, and um, she's uh, an awesome person. Um, but I was I remember being on stage like I had just I had like just sat backstage with her and I was laughing with her like we were both like laughing and riffing and and having a great time. And then I I went on stage and I like just told the crowd what we were just laughing and riffing about. And because it was so recent, I couldn't talk the way that like my character did on stage or whatever it was. I really talked like myself and I remember going, oh, I got to talk to the crowd the way that I talked to Brie because I felt so comfortable with her. And so that was that was really instrumental in trying to find my voice on stage and how to talk like a human being. Because there, you know, people have a tendency when they start doing stand up to like they get like real late night talk showy, you know, like like like, hey, you know, so uh, Sandra Bullock's in the news. Yeah. Uh, you know, have have yeah. you seen this? Have you heard about this? You know, and uh, <laughs> and. Or like, have you ever heard uh, like somebody who doesn't do comedy be like, hey, I thought of a bit for you. And then yeah. you know, they'll, they'll like read you their bit and they'll be like, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be like, trees are weird, right? <laughs> and so if trees are weird, then like how crazy are leaves? Yeah. Right? Like, like leaves are. And I'm like, dude, how many mushrooms did you take <laughs> before you wrote this down in your notepad document? Uh, but yeah, uh, by the way, gotta... somebody who takes mushrooms, those aren't the jokes you write, but go ahead. No, those yeah. mushrooms are, <laughs> mushrooms are amazing. Uh, yeah. they're, they're, uh, I've, oh my God. Can I tell you a quick yeah. story about mushrooms? But let me just say one, one thing real quick. Yeah. The other thing that I would say for those of you, cause I, I'm reading the chat. There's some people talking about stand up. small crowds also help you talk like a regular person. Yeah. So when you they, get in front of a crowd that's a little smaller, you, it's almost like your shoulders drop and you're like, oh, I can just talk to these people. Yeah, you can. And you know how you're talking about being really physical and being big on stage? Uh, one of the things that made me transition from, uh, you know, other than Jeff Singer telling me to stand and deliver, but uh, like we've all had those shows where it's like it's like uh, early show Saturday you go out there, you're larger than life. You're like, you're as big as the room you crush and you're physical and it's all big. And then late show Friday, there's 28 people there and you try to go up there and do the same big performance. And that small crowd will be like, this guy is fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why is he jumping around like a monkey? There's only five yeah. of us in here. Yeah. Well, who is he performing for? Yeah. So yeah. you have to, you have to figure out like how to deliver for the big crowd, how to deliver, like what your delivery is for the small crowd, how to shift. Like sometimes you're like, okay, all right. I can't do that bit for this crowd. Um, yeah. like, I, I just can't do that. But yeah. Um, um, by the way, anyone else? I, I see you down below. If you got a question, just raise your hand, and I'll bring you up on up on the Absolutely. screen. Absolutely. Okay? Um. So hold on one second. Yeah, Jen, go ahead. Um. I had a. Uh, I was wondering if, what. Who is the one person that said to you, "You're funny," and it made you feel like I made it, or you know, made you feel that you are doing the right thing in your life? Oh wow! Yeah. Still, I'm still waiting on that. Go ahead. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> I'll tell you when it happens. Wait, can I be that person? Don't Josh, please, Wolf, yep. Josh Wolf, you're a great comedian. And this is actually a compliment I wanted to give you earlier. But um, like, you know, uh, like like we travel around a lot and like you'll be on an airplane and somebody will be like, well, so what do you do? And you're like, I'm a comedian. And they're like, you know who I love? Sebastian Maniscalco. And you're like, yeah. I knew I knew 
I know that you love Sebastian because everybody loves Sebastian. Yeah. He's, he's absolutely amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, hey, you know who I love? Nate Bargatze and I'm like yeah. yeah Nate is he's phenomenal like that's yeah. of course you Bill like Burr's my favorite mine too that's great yeah lately um so I was on a plane recently and I sit next to this guy and he's like you're a comedian you know who I love and I was like and uh and which I love him by the way but yeah. I just um I've just heard it so many times and he's like Josh Wolf that guy is amazing and I was like Oh my God. Like I literally pulled out my phone and showed him your contact. I was like, he's my friend. Like I, I know Josh Wolf and, uh, and I've gotten that. Like I've gotten, you should have said who, yeah. Who uh, like, what, what do you mean? But, let like, me send you some links to some better comics, but like, they, <laughs> like I dude, no, you're amazing. And Thank I've heard you, that man. from several people and, and like, so I don't know. I mean, you you put out a lot of great content online. Um, like during the pandemic, I think you've you've released a lot of great content. Uh, you know, you have stand up specials that are out there. Like like you're you're so amazing. And like like I don't know what's happening right now, but it seems to all be coming to a boil. And it's like the perfect time because the world's opening back up. And you're, like, I really you're, hope so, man. You're you know, at like one of these peaks, you know, where it's just going to soar. I, Pete, I appreciate you saying that. You know what? This what moving to Nashville, by the way, I'm so, so stunned by that glass of water that you keep drinking out of, but none. It never seems to go down any. Oh, I have a I have my sparkler. Oh, I, I was like, that glass is still full. How did that happen? Because Pete Lee does sorcery. Cheese <laughs> <laughs> sorcery. I yeah. I have done things. This moving to Nashville has really allowed me to do things. That I would have never, I, I you know, I just shot on on Father's Day uh, a special that was all music, comedy music. Wow! That and I always so wanted cool. to do it, but in L.A., you know, that guitar. Yeah, the, I can't the, bring it out there. Well, that's the that's the crazy thing is that like like every every comedian wants to be a musician and every musician wants to be a comedian, and I feel like one of the coolest things in the world is the combination of the two. And um, like, you know, and I've seen you with your guitar and you're absolutely phenomenal and you're hilarious. And like, I also like, it takes so much skill just to be like, just to tell jokes, but then to also be funny with a guitar and play the guitar. Like that's Thanks, an crazy, that's like a crazy next level. Um, but yeah, I mean like LA, everybody, everybody's too good for everything, you know? And, um, and so, yeah, I could, I could totally see the, the, the stigma in LA. You'd be like, Oh, I can't bring out the guitar there. When I, when I met you, like, uh, remember we were in Charlotte, we were standing outside or you were standing outside of the American airlines lounge. Yep. And, uh, I belong to the lounge and they like, wouldn't let you in. And you're standing, you're standing there literally with like a guitar case leaning against the wall. Like the cool, you look like the coolest dude <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Just like, like this, this guy that just got off tour and he's leaning against this wood wall. And I was like, Josh Wolf, I'm a huge fan of yours. Do you want to come into the Admirals club with me? And then I remember going to the front desk with you and like, you had already like, they'd already been like, no, sir, you're not coming in. Yeah. And then I was like, Hey, this is my friend. And they were like, did he talk you into this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no, he's like legitimate. He's one of the funniest comedians in the world. And he's my friend. And I am, I'm too fun. I am funny. And, um, and, I belong to your club and 
Google. Yeah. Why don't you yeah. Use Google. Um, I don't, I don't know what the whole point behind that was, but uh, I think it's just an endorsement of the I car. Appreci- cool dude, it I appreciate yeah. it. And let me ask you about your new special, man. Yeah. Yeah. So is this pre pandemic material? Is it, was it pre-pandemic material that was juiced up over pandemic? Like where, where is this material source? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, so I would say that the short answer to that was, so we taped it February 25th. So like, I mean, this was literally during the height of the second wave was happening or the fourth or third wave. I don't even remember when it is. And we taped it in Tempe, Arizona because, uh, COVID never happened in Arizona, apparently. Yeah, no, it didn't. Uh, th- yeah, they were Nashville just like, well, either. well, yeah, we'll shoot it out of the sky with our pistols. <laughs> and uh, it was like, like it, but um, and I know that they're like, blah, blah, blah ethical concerns. Uh, get over it. Nobody died from COVID from my show and uh, and we're great. But like and we had a, an awesome time filming it. But I um, so I hadn't done stand up from March 12th until october 8th so there i don't know even how much time that is but i hadn't even That's seven months dude With seven seven can i ask a question just real quick for those mm-hmm. i want to put this in perspective for those of you because i know what that means and i'm going to take a guess in my own head but tell me pre that besides vacations mm-hmm. what's the longest break you had taken with no stand-up in the last 10 years. All right. Including vacations. I had never gone more than two days without doing stand up. Thank you. Cause, cause like yeah. I, I, you and I are very similar. Like if I, uh, you know, if I was on vacation, like I remember I was married once I like, you know, I fell for that and, uh, <laughs> I, I did that once. Um, but I was on my honeymoon in Jamaica and then um, the event coordinator or whatever, we like went to some kayaking thing. And then uh, I was like, yeah, I'm a comedian. She's like, you should do shows. And I literally just performed at the resort. And then they like waved my bar tab uh, because I would do these shows. Worth like, it. Yeah, so worth it. And <laughs> so I would do like I would do like 30 minutes of material every single night at the like at the bar and the crowds were awesome. And then it made the whole the whole resort like it was like a small town like i knew everybody and um so like it, it, comics are like we'll go to hawaii and we will be in paradise and we're like i gotta find the oh, open mic. mic dive bar where i can like so i in 23 years of stand-up i had not gone more than two or three days this and is then- why i wanted to let people to know this so leading up to your special I know the comic mind you get in your own head and you start to think I'm going to fucking suck. I'm going to suck so bad. And when I started back, so I, um, you know, I had friends in my life that were, they were like, uh, I don't know if you had this bit like, um, so I live in this neighborhood and I have a lot of friends in this neighborhood and my, my neighbors would have friends come over and they'd go, Hey, this is Pete. Like he's a, uh, he's a comedian. And I'd be like, I was a comedian. Like I, yeah. I'm, I yeah. mentally was like, I don't do stand up <laughs> yeah. comedy anymore because I don't know if stand up comedy is a thing that exists anymore. And so I can't even say, like, I used to do it. I'm retired. I would joke around all the time. Like I'm retired. I just surfed and I drank beer. That's all I did every single day. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I, and I had a blast. 
but I just had lost my purpose. And then on October 5th, I got into a surfing accident where it was like, it was super gnarly. I won't tell the whole story, but why uh, don't long- you please, please tell us the story. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I was out surfing. It was like a big day and I had just gotten a new surfboard and I got these really great channel islands fins where they're like, they're sharp fins, right? Like they're very sharp. And, uh, the waves I went out the day before they were similar. They're like eight to 12 foot waves, like the kind that will almost barrel you, which is very rare in the Santa Monica Bay to get those kinds of waves. But there was a hurricane swell. And um, uh, anyway, so I, I've I've gotten pretty good at surfing since I, I literally live out front. Like or I, I live right at this, this surf spot. So I surf all the time. Oh, are and, you not down in WeHo uh, anymore? No, I'm not in WeHo. I'm in the Palisades. Uh, And and so, yeah, I know. Somebody's stepping up. Yeah, all Uh, right. So uh, my neighbors, like I have this neighbor who's really good at surfing. Her name's Abby. And she grew up like she grew up surfing with like that whole momentum generation, uh, like in Hawaii and Kauai. And, uh, you know, uh, like the great surfers today, like that are like the great women coming up, you know, like Bethany Hamilton, like Carissa Moore, you know, Kayla Moore, like all those surfers from that group like that though that was like her friend group and um so abby's been teaching me how to surf uh and so i like i i started to learn like cutbacks where you like go up the wave and you like you know you switch it around and yeah. stuff and uh so that day i was out there i was doing cu- cutbacks on these eight foot waves it was beautiful and then i went to go catch a wave and uh, like the wave just wasn't i wasn't where i should have been the wave started closing it started closing out on me so what does that mean? What does it mean closing out on you? Uh, closing out means like, so like a wave, like the perfect spot to get a wave is when it's kind of starting to like scoop you up. Uh-huh. Um, but, and then like, once it scoops you up, you're at the perfect point in like the curl. Like, so, uh, like I guess the edge of my fingers would be like whitewash and you want to get it before it's whitewash, but you have to catch it pretty close to when the whitewash happens. And then, they call it going down the line. Like, so you catch it before the whitewash and then you're, you're literally like go, you're, you're like cutting on the wave as the whitewash is kind of falling behind you. So you always, you want to, that's why they call it rip curl, like wetsuits uh, is because you want to like, you want to get in the, cur- you want to rip the curl basically. So I realize I look back and I'm like, Oh my God, there's a gigantic wave. And I'm, I'm in a position where this is going to nuke me like nuking means that um, like a big wave like that. I mean, it's basically like like a front loading washing machine where it will take you and just like churn you through the cycle and and spin you around at least like like three times in the water. Where you, And so are you a good swimmer? I am a good swimmer and okay. and I'm a I'm a decently good surfer. Uh, and, uh, so I just see this happening and the safest thing to do is to kind of like, like get off of your board, like kind of throw your board to the side and then you dive into the wave. Like you, you dive through the wave. And, um, uh, if you were going straight on your board, it would be called a duck dive. If you're doing it alone, you're just kind of diving through the wave. So I throw my board instead of going beside me, it went straight out in front of me flips over, right? So fins sticking up. And then the wave scoops me up and then it just spikes me onto my board. And it was like, I instantly, I felt the, I felt the fin go through the front of my shin, uh, through the, uh, tibia and fibula of my 
like I, I felt it go through, like through the two bones, like the connective tissue and then stab me in the calf. And I was like, this is crazy. And then I like, but so wait, went, you're like, being, you being spin cycled. Yeah. And so like the spin cycle released the board from my leg and I was like, God, I must've like, I'm literally like underwater, like going and I can feel warmth coming out of my leg. And I'm like, this is not good. Yeah. I, and just like you were talking about before I'm in the same. Usually the warmth is probably urine. Bl yeah, yeah, exactly. But this time it was the most blood. Yeah. And I'm in I'm in the Santa Monica Bay, which as you were talking about at the top of the show is a shark nursery. And I wear this product called a shark band that is like a big magnet on my ankle that uh, you can go on YouTube and like research shark bands with the Z and they'll have like a bloody stump of meat. And then like a diver will take like there will be a feeding frenzy. The diver will take a shark band down and then the sharks are like, I don't even like bloody stumps of meat. Like, I don't I, really because the the magnet messes with the uh, with the nerves in their face. And so like imagine something gave you like an ice cream headache. That's basically what the, these do. So <laughs> sharks. So luckily I had my <laughs> right. Like so you gave the sharks my, a freezy headache. I really did. I gave, I gave him a brain freeze. And, uh, so I'm, I, so I lift my leg up and, um, and I was like, this is going to be bad. And I, how deep's the water? Are you standing or what's happening right now? I am about two football fields out into the ocean. Get so the because, fuck out, Pete. because the bigger the waves are, the further out in the ocean you have to be to catch them. Um, so, and it was also low tide. So like, so you had to be out far that day. And, um, so I'm like, I'm going, all right, I'm like, I've surfaced and I, I just kind of like brought my leg up and my surfboards floating beside me with the leash and I bring my, my knee out of the water and it just starts spraying blood, like, like heartbeat, heartbeat. And I was like, this is bad. So every part of me just remembered like every war movie I've ever watched, uh, where they're like, put pressure on it, tourniquet pressure, Tur yeah, tourniquet, put pressure on it. So, and I'll, I'll tilt my computer, uh, by the way, this is the scar from it. Um, and scars I've learned move over time when it first happened, it was down here. And can you show me, like, is that where the board went through? Where'd the board go through the board went through this. So, so it went through that when it originally happened, it was down here. I can send you gnarly pictures from like, the, like, cause I, in the camera phone age, like I got the most pictures of this before it had even been stitched up and stuff. But, uh, so that so this was the thing so this was spraying blood out and my brain was like war movies put pressure on it so i put yeah. pressure on it and then i was like kind of delirious from adrenaline and all that stuff and i remember at one point uh i was like i wonder what would happen if i took my hand off and i like took my hand off and it was like and i was like oh, oh, pressure all right no. uh, but how funny is that so then i had to i had to try to get back to shore while i'm holding my leg like this uh, somehow like I, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to swim back to shore. I'm going to doggy paddle with one arm. And I'm also trying to look for any other surfer. I'm like, help, help. And there was this dude on this longboard that came up right next to me. I was like, dude, I need help. I'm, I'm really hurt right now. And then he looks at me and then behind him, he sees probably the best wave that I've ever seen in my life. And he was in the perfect position to catch it. And he just catches it. No, he <laughs> And left me in the ocean, and, and I'm just holding my, <laughs> I'm holding my leg. So, 
I have to I have to hold my leg and then I I basically body surfed my way in on uh, Wait, body- did you see that guy ever again? I've never seen him again, but I swear <laughs> I, Yeah. Somebody Josh Flores just wrote that's the most surfer shit ever. That is so By the true. way, can I tell you something? He tells a completely different story. I would yeah. love to hear his side of that story. I was out there. Some bug. He thinks I'm gonna pull him in. The perfect wave was right behind me. He's like, yeah. He's like, really. If uh, if you think about it, it was a global pandemic, and yeah. he, he was he was spurting fluid from his leg, and like, uh, you know, my wife has diabetes, and so uh, I really just needed to save my wife's life at that point by catching that wave. By the uh, way, you know what's funny is. You're seeing a different chat than I am. I'm on the Facebook chat. Oh, you're on the, you're on the stream I'm yard on, chat. I'm on the Streamyard chat. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Um, but so anyway, so I'm I'm holding it like this, and I have to I I have to like body surf with this arm. So every every wave that would come, and they were like coming in, they were coming in waves. <laughs> they were waves that were coming in waves. <laughs> and so every wave that would come, I would basically like try to paddle for it, like like I was catching a wave on a surfboard, but then I'd body surf it. And then at the end of it, it would make me like tumble underwater. It would push you on, push me underwater. I'd be holding my knee and just in a ball, like spinning around. Nobody's coming to help you, dude. Nobody's coming to help me. And I'm, uh, and I see the lifeguards see me. And luckily the paramedics were already there. Cause it was such a big day that they were like, we're going to get a spinal injury or something like that. Like the paramedics were just hanging out with the lifeguard. And I've now made friends with the lifeguard. His name's Bill. Um, he's so cool. Uh, but so I got myself to shore. And then when I got to shore, there was this lady named Cynthia there who was the first person I ever surfed with out here. And um, and Cynthia was like, Pete? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, you're she's like, you're bleeding really bad. I was like, yeah. She goes, let me guess. Total surfer. She goes, you want me to get your board to say shore safe so it doesn't hit the rocks? And uh, you can get yourself to shore. I was like, yeah, please get my board to shore. No, not really. Really? No. Oh, yeah. I was because it was a brand new board and it's fiberglass. And if it hit the rocks, it would get dinged. And then who gives I, a fuck? I, oh, my God. I gave such a fuck. I was like but, when the when the paramedics came, I was like, don't cut my wetsuit off. I was like, did I was you like, walk to shore? How'd you get to shore? So I like limped up to shore. And then uh, the paramedics, they uh, they took my blood pressure and uh, I had like really low b- blood pressure, which means I had lost a lot of blood. And um, so they were like, well, we have to we're going to we're going to have to let you release this uh, so we can put, you know, bandage on it and like and wrap it really quick to get pressure on it. And I was like, great. And I remember my surfboard was next to me and I, I released this and it fucking sprayed my surfboard with blood. And um, and then I ran into one of my neighbors and my neighbor was like, you know what, I'm going to. I'm going to get your surfboard up to the house. So they took the surfboard up to the house and, uh, and I like, they just, I have the surf rack underneath my house. So they just threw it under there. Right. I didn't, I wasn't able to go out on the surfboard, um, until just a couple weeks ago, uh, I had surfed a different board, but I pulled it out from under the house and it was just covered in blood, oh my dry, Lord, dude. just covered in dry blood. And my neighbor, Nico was like, I think you should just get rid of this board. Like that's not, this is not a good board for you. And or I was like, what a great board to have. What a great, it's the blood board, man. It, yeah. Uh, it, it was insane, but I went to the, so I went to the hospital. Um, I went to the, By the way, Pete, if you were in a surfing movie, you'd be the badass with the blood board. 
Dude, this is from all my victims. Yeah. The, you know what his nickname is? It's Bloodboard. It's Bloodboard <laughs> Pete. Bloodboard. I, I should actually go get a sticker and put it underneath the wax. It's just like one drop of blood, uh, like a like a teardrop tattoo in prison. Hilarious. You know, Jacob, so, my my son, he was like, let's yeah. get matching tattoos. I go, what do you want to get? He goes, well, I don't want to get anything crazy. He said, let's get mole tattoos so nobody knows it's a tattoo. I'm like, <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny! I'm so like, just get a mole. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> you could get a neck tattoo and be like, "Yeah, dude, it's crazy. I got a neck tattoo." And it's he'd be like, "I just got. It's a mole. Is yeah, that a tattoo? It's, yeah, it's a mole tattoo." Yeah, All right, pretty, go ahead. Go ahead. in the hospital. So I go to the I go to the hospital in Santa Monica, and um, they're stitching me up. Which, by the way, to to watch somebody stitch you up is kind of neat. Like mm-hmm. I was like, "This is crazy," uh, but I was the whole time they're stitching me up. I was like there's something wrong inside of my leg. Like, like there's something very bad wrong inside of my leg. And they're like, whatever. It's just this. What do you mean? It it felt like that to you? Yeah. There was trauma in my calf because the, because the, the fin had gone through my leg and into my calf and I could feel that. And I was like, I was like, there is something really bad in my, and they're like, well, you might have an infection because you were in the ocean, but probably not. Like it's, you know, like we cleaned out the wound. So uh, you're, you're going to be, Wait, fine isn't the ocean salt water? Don't you not get infections in the ocean? Um, I mean the Santa Monica Bay is pretty polluted, unfortunately. And, um, uh, you know, but anyway, so I was like, I need an MRI. Like I need an MRI. I need, I need an ultrasound. I need somebody to look at the inside of my leg. And they're like, all right, we'll do that all of a sudden. And I swear to God, this is the truth. Uh, Eddie Van Halen comes in and he's dying. And so it's like all hands on deck because he was in a huge medical emergency. Uh, I think that personally, you know, I mean, doctors don't discriminate, but like, come on, when you wrote the song eruption, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's all hands on deck. Right. Yeah, and yeah. like, <laughs> like <laughs> what you, joke did that guy write? Nah, it's not close to eruption. Nah, no, no. Yeah. Like my, my dresses with pockets joke uh, <laughs> did not compare to the greatest guitar solo of all time. <laughs> and so Eddie Van Halen is in the room next to me and like, I love him and I get it. Like, I was also like, go like, you know, like I I'm fine. But then there, I was like, so can I, can I get an MRI? They're like, you can't right now. Like it's, it's jammed up. I, I don't know if it was Eddie or what it was, but they're like, you need to come back tomorrow. Like, this is like, this is a lower level than what's happening. So come back tomorrow. And I was like, what? Like, I, can I just get this now? Like it costs $350 to go to the emergency room. Yeah. So I was like, I just need this today. Like I need this within this calendar day so that I only have to pay $350. And they're like, sir, you really have to go. And, but they're like, let us know if you, if it gets hot at all, or like if you feel an infection or you get a fever. So two days later, I have a fever because I had an open wound in the Santa Monica, Santa Monica Bay. I go back to the same ER again. Um, I'm talking to the same doctor. We're, we're bullshitting about like, like, man, that's like, we're so sad about Eddie and, you know, uh, because Eddie died that night and, uh, you know, the whole I mean, hospital takes a little bit of your trust away with that doctor. You're like, were you yeah, right. doctor? <laughs> yeah. But that's, uh, Is there another doctor that can, didn't can you I, kill Eddie Van Halen? Yeah. Can I please, uh, see a better doctor? <laughs> yeah. And, I, yeah. <laughs> I only and, know uh, you're all for one with the only patient that I know that you've been the with. only, so, yeah, the only for, one. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, uh, uh, so I go back with a fever and they're like, you know, in this day and age, like we don't even know if it's an infection, like it's probably COVID. So they're like, we're going to COVID test you 
Uh, we'll send you home if like your fever persists. Then we'll write, we'll we'll fax in a or like do the computer antibiotic, like send an antibiotic to the to my pharmacist. And I was like, can you just give me one now, and I can take it, you know, prophylactically, like like uh, preemptively or whatever. And they're like, no, 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 we we just can't really do that. And I was like, okay, so I go home. Now I'm seven hundred dollars into this, and then uh, a week it, it was October fifth. Um, or October 5th was when it happened. So a week later, uh, exactly seven days later, I wake up and my whole leg was like swollen and like black and blue and like, Oh just no, dude. Awful looking. And, uh, the only way I can describe what my leg looked like was I, I had bus lady foot, like, like it's a very specific <laughs> reference. Like, like she, she's got a swollen diabetes leg and she's in like Adidas slides yep. and that's what my, my leg looked like. And I was like, I was like, okay, I got to go to the, I have to go to the ER. So I went back to the same doctor and he was like, oh my God, he goes, you either have an infection or blood clots or like both. And it turned out I had a bad infection and blood clots. So because my, because the fin had stabbed through to my calf, I got a blood clot in my calf. I mean, how can you tell if that calf is swollen? It's already so massive. Yeah, it's always so, it's already so like I don't skip <laughs> yeah. leg day. Dude, thank you. Oh my god. Look at those calves. That's yeah. some good calves right there. Look at those calves. So then they finally got me in for an ultrasound. And uh, I remember the ultrasound tech, uh, she was a an Asian woman who thought it was so hilarious that my last name is Lee and I'm not Asian. And I, you know, I used to do a bit about that and whatever. And so I'm laughing along with her, but she's literally like, like she's, she's like, oh yeah, you have a bad clot right here. Bad clot. I can't believe you're not Asian. And like, she's, she's literally like trolling me the whole time. That's about hilarious. How, like how ridiculous my last name is. And, uh, and I was like, so her clot's really bad. She's like, oh, it's, she's like, this is going to take a long time to heal and it's going to be really bad. And then I go, I do the MRI machine at like, right after that news, I'm in that machine. That's like, yeah, it's like, like making like a, a photocopy scanner of your body. Yeah, just in case uh, you die, they can make another one. Yeah, exactly. They can, they we're can printing out another 3d Pete Lee. Yeah. We're printing it out. And, uh, and then I go down and I'm talking to the doctor, uh, you know, uh, the same one that I've been dealing with and he's like, okay, so I have, I have bad news for you. He goes, you, you have a big blood clot in your, uh, in your calf. Like I had it, uh, I had a big blood clot. There we go. Uh, I had it right, right here was where it was at. So and, Pete, uh, can I ask a question? Yeah. Is that typical with wounds? Wounds develop blood clots. Is that what they like? Why would you get a um, blood clot? Why were they expecting that? Do you know? Uh, it can happen when there's like, like, very extreme internal trauma Got or it. like, okay. like, uh, and it also, you know, the risk increases with age. I'm 43. So like I might be at the age. I also may have had COVID and a lot of people that had co if you had COVID, you had an increased chance of blood clotting. And so I might've, I might've gotten COVID pr previously. And then I remember that made that. me more prone to that. Yeah. So they, so, but anyway, I had one right here and they were like, they're like, okay, so you got to get on this blood thinner called Xarelto. And Xarelto feels like you're taking uh, fucking amphetamines. Like you're kind of like, yeah, like it like kind of jacks you up like prednisone. Yeah. And then it thins your blood. So you have less hemoglobin per, you know, liter or whatever. And so you're out of breath constantly because you just don't have enough air to breathe. Yeah. So you're like the inhaler kid. And uh, also <laughs> on meth. 
on meth. Yeah. And so also uh, when when you get a blood clot, your your body is very um, if your body your body's very efficient. So like like your your arteries have capillaries that are like secondary like country roads that it can go on. If your if your artery is like a highway, yeah, uh, there's like country roads. So I got a clot in the artery. So then it diverted the blood to the capillaries. And what that feels like is getting a Charlie horse. Like, so when you get a Charlie horse, it's because the, the impact has flattened your artery and then your all the blood has to go to the capillaries. So they stretch and then all the nerves around them are in pain. So imagine having like a Charlie horse right there and it hurts so bad if it's not elevated up. Like, so when it's elevated up, it feels right. fine. When you put it down, you're in screaming, writhing pain. And so my doctor was like, look, you're on Zarelto, but you have to get up and walk around like you got to take a walk around the block, like like a quarter mile walk every single day. You got to do this because the Zarelto has to circulate. But uh, the catch to this is that the circulation could cause this to break off and move down your leg. And he goes, and once it gets to your groin area, that's where this this four lane highway becomes a super highway. And, and he, he literally goes, and then he goes, once it gets there, <laughs> dead. And I was like, that's what he did. That's yeah, this, what he did. This he a, doctor is terrible. Terrible. He made a whistling noise. <laughs> dead. You mean like, like, like you're boiling your tea like that? Guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dead. And I, I was like, I was like, okay, so dead's bad. Right. And he, he just <laughs> This guy's bedside manner is terrible. 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 You, who was there? House? Like what? What happened? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So I um uh so I'm I move I'm moving around on it and I have to go I have to go back to um I have to go back to my doctor which is like my personal doctor uh once every two weeks to get an ultrasound and I had felt I had felt that like through the activity it had moved um so like it had broken off from here and then it had gotten to here. So now we're in the danger zone, right? And so they did an ultrasound and they're like, look, a little a piece of this broke off from here and went to there, but they go, you're lucky because it's a big piece and that's good because the bigger the bigger the better yeah. um because smaller clots can travel easily. So I was like, oh my god, I'm I, like I, I, and also So blood- so Pete, can I stop you here for a second? Yeah. So so say they say you're in danger zone what are the options? Like, did, was there ever like somebody who was like, Hey, we got to, this leg has got to go. Or is there any options that you're like, this sounds like a fucking terrible option. Yeah. Well, they were like, we could do surgery on it, but there's a chance that in going in for the surgery, we could dislodge the clot while going in. And then you die. Like, so you die on the operating table. So they're like, your, your chances are better just taking the Zeralto doing this. Like, this happens all the time and some people die and some people don't, you know? And, um, so it was, it it was crazy. And also, um, so blood clots create an enzyme in your blood that triggers something in your brain. And it's literally like, if you look up blood clots on WebMD, one of the symptoms is called, you get a sense of impending forlorn doom. So every single day, so, me and all my Jewish relatives, we all have yeah. blood clots. We all have, you all have blood clots. <laughs> yeah. It's just, oh my God, the doom. <laughs> the doom. Yeah. The, are we I, born with natural blood clotters? Is that what we are? I think you got good clotting blood, man. I think that's what happens. But yeah, I, uh, so 
and I talked to my doctor about it and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I've been waking up with doom and it, it's just like, and like, like I, you know, like, like I've, I'm, I'm no stranger to depression or anxiety, but like doom is like a whole other thing. <laughs> doom is like, <laughs> like, that's some civil war shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Doom is heavy. You know what yeah, I mean? Doom is very heavy. And, but my doctor was like, he's like, so what you need to know is that, uh, you know, the doom is not real. Like this is caused by, you know, uh, you know, this thing that's triggered in your blood that triggers your brain. And he's like, so just know, he's like, you having a, an awareness of the biology behind it will make you know that it's not real. And I was like, yeah, but it's real. Cause like every day I could die. Remember like, you know, like, yeah, that sounds that? like doom, by the way, that sounds, sounds like, doom. like doom. Sounds yeah, like yeah. a bunch of doom. There. <laughs> All he's serving this guy is doom. This doom is all, a, he's, all he's dude. He's a he's literally the Grim Reaper. He's yeah, just like yeah yeah. So um so what's then, on the menu today? Doom doom. A little bit you on a little bit of doom. You're like a little uh, doom. So then it travels from here in my like like right by my knee. I feel it over the next couple of days uh, travel. So now I have three I have three clots and it travels right to my groin like right about my uh, my groin and i'm going oh my god i'm i'm dead man like I, I i was like i am i'm so dead so i go back for an ultrasound they confirm that they're like yep you have one there um and i was like what do i do i'm like do i just sit still like like do i just sit still and pray yeah and um uh my doctor was like you still have to move around like you have to and like like literally like the thing that you is gonna kill you will also save your life and luckily, uh, and that was like the lowest moment. That was like the lowest point I had been in, like in my life ever. And um, it it coincidentally coincided with uh, like, so I hadn't done any stand up until that point. But like all I could do mostly was just like sit on the couch and I started writing jokes because it like kept my mind off of the pain, kept my mind off of whatever. And I wrote like a 10 minute I have blood clots bit. And then I got my neighbors to start taking me to these o open mics. Um, there's one just down the, be the beach called the Ocean Mic. And I would sit on stage with my leg up and I would just tell jokes like like this, like like just my leg would be up and I'd be telling jokes off of my notepad. And that was like so long story short, that was the start of me getting ready for my special because uh, in mid-October, I got the call from my agent who got the call from Showtime that was like, Pete, Showtime wants you to do an hour special. You got to get ready for it. And I was like, I'm dying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm dealing with some doom. Yeah, I'm dealing with some doom. And he was like, way, well, speak it, speaking of doom, it's the name of Justin Bieber's new album. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what's so funny about that is... Uh, I was like in my head. I, I'm actually like a Justin Bieber fan. I was yeah. like, no, it's not. It's called Justice, and it's really good. <laughs> like it's really great. Like the song "Hold On" will change your life. You know? Can I ask you, Pete? Um, and by the way, if anybody underneath has a question for Pete, please raise your hand. Um, can I ask you though, how it that experience? Um, because thinking you might die, I'm assuming changes you in some way. Yeah. Whether it's your outlook on life, how you're writing your comedy, your relationship or relationships. Like, can you tell yeah. me how you feel like that has changed you? 
Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I have like a like I feel like I'm living on borrowed time in a way, you know, like like this is the bonus. Have you ever been at a blackjack table and you already you came in with one hundred dollars and now you're sitting there with two hundred dollars. So you're like, I'm betting with house money and uh, this is even my money. So I'll bet like an asshole. I'll bet all yeah. hundred of it because I don't care. Um, that's kind of what I feel like right now. Like, I feel like I almost died. I went through a really hard process that uh, it lasted I think four months, you know, until I was done with the, or it was three months until I was done with Zarelto. And then I had to get ready for the special. And, um, you know, I, I just, I feel like I'm kind of like coming into a golden age of my life. And I, it's translated to being on stage where I will, I'm just like, fuck it. I'll play around. I'll, I'll tinker with stuff. I'll, I'll do whatever. Cause like, you know, what, like, I'm somebody that always walked around every single day and it's kind of part of my comedic persona of like everything matters. And mm. then there's people who, if you've ever met somebody who has serious depression, they'll be like, nothing matters. We're all dust in the wind. Like, you know, uh, even if I died, life will go on. And I like, there's something actually comforting in that. And I have subscribed to that in an optimistic way of like, if nothing matters, then we can just have fun. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and and I feel like you have a lot of that in your comedic persona, like, you know, like your, your comedy embodies that, like just the whole idea of like, I like weird shit. You're like, it's essentially like, like, fuck it, you know? Yeah, man. And For me, like, uh, it's about, I did want to ask you a question for me. It's just about having fun, uh, uh, being good to other people, but not taking mm -hmm. anything seriously. Cause at the end of the day, the things that you think matter don't. Uh -huh. At the end of the day, the thing, especially when you're young, the things that you think matter don't. I did have a comedic question that I wanted to go back and ask you about. Yeah. Um. And, but I want to leave this. Just don't forget this. Christopher wants to know if you're going to go back out surfing. Yeah, I've actually I started. So uh, I I filmed my special on February 25th, and I was clot free for over a month, and then um uh the it was two days after my special. Uh, so it was February 28th or no, it was March 1st. March 1st was the first day that I went out surfing and, uh, and I've surfed probably like every, at least every three days since then, like, like every awesome, like last week I surfed seven days in a row and I've taken the blood board out. Uh, I've taken it out. I've surfed with it. Uh, you know, um, like, but like, I, I still continue to get injured by things like, I was out surfing with my neighbor, Angela, uh, the other day and she was right behind me. We were paddling out and there's like big waves and my board flipped up and it was like just about to hit her. And I like, I like hooked it. I like, 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 I don't know how to get in frame, but like, I like pro wrestler hooked it, uh, hooked the fin with my arm. And then now I have this like huge bruise right there. Oh my Lord, and dude. I have people tell me all the time. They're, they're like, dude, you should just quit surfing. And I'm like, I would rather quit life than quit surfing. It makes me so happy. And it makes you feel alive, right? Alive. Mm -hmm. I have yeah. a, I have a question, a comedic question. And this is an honest question. And I'm actually, I'm glad that you are here today because this came up today and you just told a story that reminded me of it. And Linda, I saw that you have a question and I see that a couple of you, you have questions, but let me get to this one real quick. So you told the story about an Asian nurse and <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that nurse had an accent. Oh yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Like if I'm, 
if I'm just doing accents to do accents or I am I in a video and I do an Asian accent and put a gong, I'm like, that's too far. You're really, there's no, yeah. you're making the accent the joke. You're, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. But I really do believe if I'm telling a story and I was telling a story and there was a German guy in the story, I would do a German accent. Yeah. I would do a Russian accent. I would, here's my You question. would do an Irish accent. You, uh, yes. Yeah. So if I, if I'm telling a story with an Asian person in it who has the accent. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm not mocking that. I'm really not trying to, but as a storyteller, I like, you, every, I like every detail, dude. I like every detail of the story. Yeah. But, but, but like, and I know my intent, my intent is not to mock the person in the story. My intent is to give you the full scope of what it was like for me to be there. You want to tell the story with authenticity uh, to to the moment that you experienced. Um, but yeah, like, but the rule, I mean, the the societal rule, uh, you know, um, like right now is right. you can't do the accent. And like, to be very honest, when I told that story and the lady was like, like, oh, your name's Lee. Like, like, yeah, this is really bad. You're like, she had a very thick uh, Cantonese accent. Like right. she, and I talked to her about it. She grew up in Hong Kong. I've been to Hong Kong. I've done tours of comedy in Asia. Um, um, and, you know, she, she had the act, like, just like Australian people have an accent. Right. There, there is a honk, a specific Hong Kong. Accent. I would do an Australian accent too. Yeah, I would totally do an Australian accent, but in telling that story, I was like, I was like, Pete, like, don't do the accent. So like, I, I do the same thing where, um, like if do I'm you know, talking, the story's funnier with the accent, by the way, it's, it's way funnier with the accent, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I can't, but I'm like, I'm like, Pete, don't get canceled. Like you're yeah. finally getting success. And uh, you know, also, you know, not, not just like, do I not want to get canceled, but like there, you know, I, I have the last name Lee and, um, I've, I can't say that I've never been discriminated against. Uh, you know, uh, I have a neighbor in my neighborhood that is like just super racist. And he was like, Pete Lee, huh? And he still, he does not like me. And he like scowls at me because he thinks that I am not white. Right. Um, Cause I, I mean, look at me, I could be a quarter Japanese. I could be like, you know, I could be, well, you're, over, you're over six foot. I don't, yeah, you know, I, sure. yeah, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> right. I'm not sure, but, yeah. but yeah. my, but, but like, yeah, I go back and forth on it, man, because I know who I am and I know my intent and I know that I'm an arms wide open dude. Yeah. And you're speaking with love in your heart and you're speaking yeah, with love, I, love I, for people. And, and it, it is, you know, it is difficult. And I, it, it's also like a percentages thing, right? Like, um, like in modern day woke culture, you know, we're, what we, what we're trying to do is we're trying to go, okay. Uh, you know, people, you know, people grew up with a different set of difficulties in life, uh, who were not white, you know, like our, our white privilege. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so you're trying to go, okay, I don't know what your experience is. Um, but if I did a joke where I do an Asian accent, this could, this could trigger something bad that happened to you before that like, even though I have the best intent, this could make you feel bad. And like, I never want to make anybody feel bad. Um, uh, you know, and, but I would also say that that's, that's probably a percentage of, uh, you know, percentage of people, you know, like, like, um, 
there could there could be 80% of Asian people that would come out to the show that if you did an Asian accent, they would think it's hysterical. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have 20 20% of the people that it would trigger something really bad. And like, I like, I, like I, I even acknowledge that I think that it's funnier to do the accent. Um, like, but I, I never want to offend anybody. So oh, I, no. so I, I'm like, I don't want to do it. And I don't want to like, I just don't want somebody's night to be ruined because I did it or like, you know, or to bring up something bad, you know, or, or whatever. Cause I don't know what level it will trigger them on. So that's like, I, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of hate cancel culture. I kind of hate like woke culture. Uh, I, you know, I think that, I think that it's literally like, like to boil it down, like it's no fun, you know, like, like it's, it's like the no fun police, but I also on the other end, see the human element of it. And I go, you know, I think that we need to be sensitive to people. Uh, but I I think the balance Pete, for me, the balance is (sighs) for me, a lot of the balance is, and I tell young comics who want to be mm-hmm. edgy, I go, learn how to be a comic first. Because if you come out of the gate without knowing how to be a comic, you're just going to come across as a racist asshole. Yeah. But I feel like they're at a certain skill level. It's easier for you to tackle subjects or do things in a in a palpable, in like a something that's digestible for people as digestible yeah. as it can. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, it, because you're attacking it with a little bit of intelligence and uh-huh. you, under, you understand who you are and how you tell things that are funny. And like, for me, I, I um, I, 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 I'm with you on a lot of things in that I really don't want anyone leaving my show being like, fuck. Yeah. But at the same time, I want to do what I think is funny. Yeah, you and like I would say that like a compromise if I had to write a bit right now that was like like so uh, this woman was giving me the ultrasound and she's from Hong Kong and like you know how you know the Hong Kong accent like she she was like good day mate like right. you got like like the dingoes are you got a yeah. dingo clot <laughs> yeah. in your leg mate yeah and like and you know how people from Hong Kong talk like it's exactly that accent so like I would do a completely different accent by the way. Then, you know what you could do, Pete, mm-hmm. is you could say that whole thing and be like, oh, that accent's okay, though, right? Just making sure that accent's okay. Just nobody's, so you know. nobody's upset by that accent. I'm just making sure what accents I'm allowed to do on stage here today. Yeah, just so just so we know, the the island that we shipped all the criminals to uh, <laughs> in the South Pacific, <laughs> we're not sensitive to them at all. Yeah, we're good with that one. Um, Linda, did you have a question for Pete? Okay, hold on one second. And then, Pete, I know this is long, so we'll let you go. But, oh, Pete, yeah, yeah. Linda, hey, Linda. Hi, Pete. How are you? Hi, Josh. Hi, Linda. Two, two things. Um, I'm, I live in Southern California, so if you're a surfer, you're a surfer. Yeah. Now, were you like a bad patient paying attention to what you're supposed to do and not supposed to do after? Wait, uh, oh, bad patient. Um, like, so was I doing things that I shouldn't have been doing uh, after that? Uh, I th- There's... All right. So they, they had this wrap around my calf. Right. Uh And in hindsight, I wish I would have just kept a bandage on the stitches and not kept the wrap because I think that the wrap might have, uh, it might, it might've done that. Uh, And I was like two days into it. And I wish that I would have taken the wrap off. And I also wish that right away I would have worn a compression sock. 
Okay. I, like, I think that that would have helped. And so, um, and moving now, around's important. yeah, moving around is important. I wish that I would have moved around a little bit more. My neighbor, Daryl had blood clots and he was like, and I just didn't, I didn't know that. And I didn't ask him questions about it yet. And, uh, he was like, Oh dude, I could have told you exactly what to do. <laughs> so there, there were like a lot of chances for this to go correctly. And I made probably the wrong choice at every juncture. <laughs> did you, did you have another question, Linda? Directions very well either. No. Uh, the, second either. Part of my, <laughs> the second part of my question is when it comes to, the, to comedy and movies and everything, and everybody's so sensitive about everything, you know, you, you go back to Eddie Murphy and all of those guys, you know, and, and um, Richard Pryor and mm -hmm. everybody and like Bill Burr, all, all these guys, right? And everything's been fine. And now you have to like second guess every single thing we say to anybody. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, they make and, movies, you know? And thank yeah. you. Can I, yeah. can I just jump in real quick? She's please? right. Yeah. It, you got to second guess everything. You're right. Linda, I'm I'm okay with people taking a look at things now. I mm -hmm. I am okay with being like, okay, what shouldn't we do anymore? Because yeah. there there were a grip of things that it was time for it to go away. Truly. But I think everybody, even those of us, and Pete is a super progressive dude, as am I who feel live and let live and people should be able to be comfortable in their own and who feeling who they are. Yeah. Never feel scared or, or feel like hate just for being who they are at the same time. I think you would agree. There's been an overcorrection that just goes, has gone too far. The pendulum has swung. And like, I, I also believe that, uh, you know, like you, like I, I have a lot of material where I I've created humor um, around like, you know, around just the subject matter of like the gay community mm -hmm. and um, people like there are some people that might go, oh, well, you're making fun of gay people. I'm like, no, there's a victim to every joke. And very early on in comedy, I think that I saw a lot of comedians doing jokes that were disparaging of gay people. But I thought to myself i'm like what if the victim in the joke was the homophobe like because isn't isn't the homophobe ridiculous like the homophobe is super ridiculous so i started doing bits as an ally where i made fun of the homophobe and i would have gay people come up to me after the show and they'd be like good eye mate i uh <laughs> <laughs> That I should be everybody's. That should be everybody's accent that you yeah. do. <laughs> Good night, Mike. I just really feel included. There's a dingo. <laughs> the dingo took my baby. And, but they, they really, they were, they were like, thank you for, uh, thank you for like including us in your standup uh, for like doing humor that not only like attacks homophobes but humanizes this community. Um, so like, and I guess the reason why I say that is because I think that there's, there's a way to do everything. Like there's a way to talk about any subject. And I think that, you know, like you can do it through shock humor. You can, you know, you can say the worst thing possible on stage, but then you can also go, wait, I think I can come at this in a different way. Uh, just like guys being like, I'm going to come at you in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Good night, buddy. <laughs> Good I would buddy. also say. If you take race, for example, yeah, 
there's a difference between being racist, telling a racist joke, and telling a racial joke. A joke that has to do with race. And yeah. sometimes just words or subject matter triggers somebody into not even listening to the joke. You're like, oh, yeah. you said that word? That means I hate that joke. And you're like, but listen to the what I'm saying. Listen to the words. Yeah. The Well, yeah, the, discussing race, so having a, a racial, racial discussion, a lot of times people – like even if, if race is brought up on stage, they um, were kind of trained through society to go racial discussion plus humor and or laughter means automatically it's disparaging. And or and and this is mm-hmm. nothing new and white dude. Yeah. And white plus white dude. Yes. Plus, uh, white plus dude. some someone who's speaking about a subject that does not have firsthand experience. So exactly. it must so it must be disparaging. And. Uh, I, you know, there are definitely exceptions to that. And I think that it requires wit and being clever and really telling the audience while you're doing the setup of the joke, like where your heart is, uh, that can make a difference. But, you know, I, I don't think that any subject is, is off out of bounds for anyone. I just think you got to do it the right way. I also think, man, when I hear people go, one, we should just all see one color because we're Mm -hmm. not all one color. Even the, look, if you asked, People of color, should we, should we just all think we're one color? They'd be like, no, we, we're – look, yeah. The, when you say people are different from you, that's not bad. We have cultural differences. That is natural. You grew up in a different part of the country. You grew up around a different uh, group of people. You grew up in a different class. You grew up in a mm-hmm. different country. Different cultural experiences. I'm somebody who truly believes you know, there's nothing wrong with pointing out each other's differences and having a laugh – at them uh-huh but but the intent of your joke where your heart is how you're delivering it the words you're using mm-hmm. what you want people to feel after your joke all yeah. of those things come into play so i i'm with you a topic is not off limits it just isn't if you can make it funny yeah it's it, it and you know it it's you got to make it funny and then uh, you know, you also have to like, I record everything that I do. Like I, I literally, I audio record on my Are you recording this right now. I'm recording it right now. <laughs> no, I, I, well, I guess I'm not I'm record recording it do, right but, now, matey, right now, matey. Uh, but I, I record, I record everything that I do. Um, because if somebody ever like, cause people are, they're recording things in their own mind, uh, and they're also mixing in their personal experiences while they're listening to you. So they might think you said this, but you chose your words very, very carefully to make sure that, you know, your intent was conveyed. And so, uh, like I, I had it before, uh, and this, this doesn't have to do with race, but, um, there was this, I was at a college and there, uh, there was a student that came up to me after the show and she was, definitely kind of in the bumper sticker demographic you know like like she's she's an activist and and you know i think that she uh you know she was you know either going to be that for lifelong or this was sort of like a phase like where she could kind of channel some of her anger from some of her experiences into you know activism Mm -hmm. and she goes she came up to me and she goes i didn't like your joke about abusing women 
And I was like, whoa, what? Like, did we even did we see the same show? She's like, yeah. She's like, yeah, you you had a joke where you said you want to choke women. And I was like, I literally have never said that on stage before. And I do not want to choke women and I don't want to choke you. And I'm so sorry if you think you heard that. And she's like, she's like, so are you negating my truth? And I was like, no, what? I'm not. Are you and, negating? Yeah, no, I'm just telling and, you you're making shit up. Yeah, you're making shit up. And and she was literally like, like, you know, that like you're gaslighting me yeah. and like you're I am being gaslit right now. And I was like and she's starting to like be like loud and have a tantrum. And I was like, I'm just trying to deescalate. And I, I was like, look, I'm not trying to negate your truth, but like I, I can what literally was the joke, dude. Um, uh, so the joke was um, it, it's all it's a self-deprecating joke towards me where I go. I go, I'm not tough at all. Like I go, I go like if I was strangling one of you right now, you'd be like, Oh, your hands are so soft. Oh, yeah. Oh, death tickles. Thanks, yeah. for, th thanks for exfoliating before my murder. And, um, and I go, so I, I explained the joke to her and she's like, she's like, Oh, you're like going to mansplain the joke to me. And I was like, I was like, no, I'm literally telling you the exact words. She goes, those aren't the words you said. I was like, if I don't tell the joke that way, it doesn't work. Like I, I say, I literally don't use a gender pronoun. I say, I say like, I say a hypothetical. So I'm talking in hyperbole. Like, like if I was choking, if I was choking one of you right now, which is insane that I'd be on stage and just go choke someone. So it's <laughs> obviously hyperbole. Um, and and I, I wasn't gender specific. Uh, and I also like did not look at her specifically during this joke. So I, I go to bed uh, in Iowa and I wake up the next morning and on Twitter, this is just caught fire. So this girl, uh, she she went on to Twitter and she's like comedian comes to college campus, uh, makes uh, jokes about abusing women uh, like we need to cancel him. And I believe in believing all women like i really do believe that and i know that there are a lot of other people that they heard this young woman and they were like we believe you and we are going to run with it so i i was like this is crazy but i remembered i had the recording from the night before and i've also done that i did that show that joke on two different tv shows right and so i quickly got on my computer i cut up the clip i cut up the sound bite from the thing um and then I threw that up on Twitter and I then I, I went at all these feminist blogs that had picked it up. And I I was like, look, I'm not trying to negate her truth, but this is the truth. And this is what the bit was. And I tried to talk to her about this after the show and she didn't. And now she's trying to cancel me. And then I got apology DMs from all of those sites being like, we are so sorry. I reached out to Twitter directly and I, I said, this person has created multiple fake accounts and they're blasting out in untrue information. Here's the clip. And then I got her kicked off of Twitter and all of her fake accounts. So like, no, anything, you yeah, did not. So anything tied to that email address, she was kicked off of Twitter. And um, and like, honestly, like, I think that in that situation, that's the right thing to do, because this person, this person was a fucking liar. Like she was a liar and she was she was basically trying to do like like something pretty evil. Like like I'm I'm a good hearted comedian and she she just wanted to do like the head hunting cancel culture. You I know, mean, how like, crazy would that have been? Kevin Brennan still does stand up, but Pete Lee gets canceled. <laughs> Pete Lee gets canceled and like and I you Whoa, know like, like like I, I love women. I uh you know 
I, I would never say something like that on stage that she accused me of. And thank, thank fucking God that I recorded it because otherwise I would have been canceled. And, you know, and that's, that's like, a. I, I think that a lot of social justice is that, um, we all have anger, like all of every single one of us has anger and we all want to unleash that anger on somebody for a good cause. Like mm-hmm. we all want to be a bully for a just cause. But Pete, yeah. people want it so bad and mm-hmm. they want to be, oh, I want to be everybody else expose somebody. I want to be the person who gets that credit. They want credit for it. Yeah. And, and, but that's why we are now, uh, we're now sort of a, a head hunting culture. I, I saw, um, uh, I saw a brilliant professor talk about this online where he said, you know, in, in head hunting cultures, you go to the other tribe, you go from your tribe. Do you see that? To, oh yeah. Is this why a lot of comedians prefer not performing at colleges? Uh, I, you know, luckily my act works at colleges and, um, you know, and I, I do a specific set at colleges that, is like designed, but I will be performing at colleges and you'll see, you'll see one of these headhunters that is like trying to cut off your head and like ruin your career. You'll literally like, I'll start a bit about something and you see the cameras go up and they're recording and you can see them being like, Oh my God, like, like it, it's kind of evil what they're doing. Cause they're essentially saying like, they're going, I'm going to get so many likes. I'm going to get so many likes. Like my blog is going to blow up and I'm, I'm going to be elevated in my in my college in my tribe because i canceled this person and i think that's i think that's evil man like i i i do as as much as i think that we've kind of cleaned house a little bit some of the people that needed to get canceled got canceled i'm sure that there are more bad guys out there and like so it's good that we do have the societal mechanism in place but it's it's so disgusting that people are just looking out of whack. for it it's out of so out of whack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, listen, Pete, we've been on for a long time and I'm going to let you go, but I want you to meet somebody. Yeah. This is one of the most interesting people. And I've, I've been so lucky to meet a lot of people from bringing this people on screen. Jeffrey. Hey, hey Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? How you doing, man? What's going on? Not I just much. I just wanted to bring you on screen. I wanted you to meet Pete and say hello. How you doing today, man? I've been enjoying your conversations. Um, Thank you, but, Jeffrey. Uh, yeah, you're quite articulate. Uh, um, Thank you. What did I have to say? Oh, so about riffing or whatever. So, like, if if you're a riffer, like, not when you did that thing with Sarah, uh, Josh, like, and you said skeet, skeet, skeet. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Yep, yeah, 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 that, yeah. But, um, <laughs> a little more highbrow than that. Got it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, to be a riffer, I assume you have to be uh, quick-witted, dry, clever, like, yeah, on the ball. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, like to to riff. It, it's kind of weird. Um, and this is another reason why I record my shows. Cause they say that like when you're really riffing and you're in a flow state, your brain is not recording it. Like if you're truly like, if the pipeline is flowing this way, it can't, it's not two ways. Like, like you can't, you almost can't remember what you're saying afterwards. And so there'll be times where I'm just in a flow state on stage and I'm riffing and the crowd is uh, like loving it. And, 
I, I keep thinking of things and sometimes I feel like the like the audience, I'm sort of like reading their minds of what they're thinking and then saying it back to them. Almost like, like if, if I'm in a conversation with you guys right now, uh, you know, like I could, like I can kind of look at your face and kind of see what you're thinking. But imagine that there's 200 people in the room, and so I feel like I'm kind of getting my ideas from the collective, uh, like think tank. Yeah. Do you only sell 200 tickets? I do. Yeah. <laughs> I I only I cap it out. I literally like if if I'm at a theater, if 200. I'm at a theater, I'm like 200. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I have I have social anxiety talking to large groups of two hundred. No more than two hundred. It's really hard, Je- Jeffrey. I just wanted to check in with you, man, and make sure you're doing all right. You doing all right today? Yeah, I, I did write something down. Uh, I forget how long ago, but I've just been trying to think how to explain you or how to articulate you. Um, you're like a well you're like a weird al Yankov- whatever his name is yankovic yeah yankovic but, yeah um with johnny carson qualities oh that's i'll take that oh because, wow yeah um john like uh you know the producers will give the people the blue cards with all the questions and blah 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 blah, blah. um joan rivers is actually the one who i learned it from um said that he Johnny would never use those cards. Like he would just sit there and actively listen to you. Yeah. So like he would engage in the conversation. And you fuckers brought this up earlier um, about uh, waiting for your joke about Justin Bieber or like <laughs> waiting to insert. Yeah. So you're an active listener and you engage with whoever you're talking to. I appreciate so, that, man. Thank well, you. I, I'm smart. Jeff, you're, you're very you smart. smart. You're very smart, buddy. It's great to see you. You too. Great right. to see you, Jeffrey. Um, I, I listen, dude. I'll take this nickname, Weird Al Carson. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Brad, I Bradley had a nice compliment for you, man. I just wanted you to say, just wanted to take the opportunity to say thank to Pete and Josh. Today's TMSG, an amazing episode, amazing conversation between two amazing people. Oh, this went down as one of the best episodes. I appreciate that, Bradley. Thank you. That is so nice, Bradley. And I love the dog that's in your profile picture. Uh, uh, oh, that's yeah. Bradley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, so cool. Listen, dude, and and um yeah, it's been a great it's been great to be able to talk with you, man. I, I um yeah. I have I have so many comedy stories that I feel like that I wanted to get out while we were talking, but you told so many great stories dude that surfer story oh. is dude thank you thanks for letting me tell it because i mean i tell a version of it on stage it's like the short form part but i feel like telling it on a podcast really like lets me uh you know get out all the detail and in a way you know i i probably have a little bit of ptsd from it so like just telling it with you and like laughing about it makes me feel better about the whole thing yeah. so it's it's therapeutic Listen, guys, if and for those of you listening and um, who didn't catch the live stream, Pete Lee, if he comes to your city, is a must see. Oh, I want you. to guarantee I haven't I haven't said this. I've had a bunch of comics on here. I'm going to tell you right now. Guaranteed laughter. It oh. doesn't. And, Dude, I, and thank you. Here's what I'll tell you. Also, it doesn't matter if you think I'm an edgy guy I like edgy. 
you will leave Pete's show because he doesn't tell soft jokes. He's not, and then I, I hate to begrudge this dude, but begrudge isn't the right word. But um, uh, look, he's not Bill Engvall. All right, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bill Engvall, he's telling jokes, but they're pretty, pretty vanilla. Pete is a, oh. not only he's going to make you think, you can bring your grandma to these, but he also tells edgy oh that he just really zinged that dude like yeah I, I love your style dude it's so authentic and so unique there's nobody who does what you do no dude i i appreciate that and like you know how much i admire you comedically and i gushed over it earlier in the podcast and so coming from you that is high praise man you're you're so fucking funny i appreciate that man i appreciate that and, and i don't know if when you're coming to nashville i'm hopefully going to come to zany soon uh my agent basically told me that he's like look i'm waiting to book your he's like i'm booking your tour but i'm waiting until like the weekend or like a few days after your special releases so because he, he's like we might be able to get more money so yeah. um Hopefully I finally get, I, I've never performed at Zany's Nashville. I've performed at Zany Chicago, but it's one of the great clubs in the country and it's legendary. And, uh, you know, I, so I can't wait to come back and hopefully you'll be home that week and we get to hang out and absolutely, that would be so man. I live, be so fun. I live pretty near the club. We'll take a little trip over to Hattie B's, get some hot chicken. Uh, I would love, I would love to get some Nashville hot. That, that sounds great. Tell and, everybody uh, where they can find you and all, all your yeah. stuff. So you can find all my tour dates on PeteLee.net. Uh, please watch me um, watch my Showtime special, Tall, Dark, and Pleasant. It comes out on Showtime July 9th. Uh, if you want to see me live that week, I am at the Irvine Improv uh, July 8th through the 11th. I am at the La Jolla Comedy Store uh, July 16th through the 18th. And then I am at the Hard Rock Cafe in uh seattle washington uh july 29th through the 31st so linda uh, yeah did you, did you hear that yes. he's gonna be in la jolla did you write it down yes i did okay. i would love to see you there linda just making sure you wrote it down okay i wrote it i've got i've got yeah i knew that i know linda lives down there so i wanted to make sure that she heard that and that you that would be amazing yeah please yeah. come see me in la jolla and if anybody wants to follow me on social media um you know you and i are friends on there uh, i couldn't get pete lee p-e-t-e-l-e-e -E -E. uh so my name is pete lee pete lee pete lee it's, it's my name three times in a row it's obnoxious <laughs> and uh i apologize for Wait, my does that my mean name. somebody took pete lee pete lee also you had to go three times uh, I don't think so. I think I, I typed in Pete Lee, Pete Lee and I could get it, but I was like, we got to go three. We yeah. have to go. It's rule the of rule threes. of threes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Great minds. I rule of it. threes, rule of threes. Pete, what a, what a pleasure to talk to you, man. And I, I, um, you're, you're one of the people, um, that I genuinely root for. Dude, I genuinely root for you too. And I think, we're coming into the roaring twenties. There is about to be a comedy boom. Like we've never seen it before. Just judging based upon how, how hot the audiences are and how they've just been clamoring to get out and connect with comedians and other people. I think, I think this year and next year is going to be really fun. And I think you're going to be one of the people that people are seeking. They're going to seek you out live and your shows are going to be insane. Oh man. I uh, from I I hope so, man. I really appreciate you saying that. It's um, it feels good right now. I I'm and I'm sure you feel the same way when you 
when you step on, when you get to that point where you step on stage where you're like, yeah, this feels good. Like this feels good right now. This feels right. Like mm-hmm. this. And we're as comics We're I know that the crowd is enjoying it. Like they've never enjoyed it before because we're all in isolation. But like for us, every minute that I spend on stage feels like a make a wish. Cause I thought it was never going to happen again. And for so you, I, especially dude. Yeah. Cause I thought I was going to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you were gonna get that. I mean, I mean, a blood clot through the groin. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna die dick first. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, man, I hope that blood clot makes it into my into my wiener, and I'll just, yeah, I'll just, yeah. Puh. Oh Isn't yeah, it just it swells up like my leg did. And I'm like, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. keeping that blood clot. Yeah, <laughs> dude. How did Pete die? He died of a big dick. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> You know, just oh, like, big dick Pete, <laughs> crazy, man. So crazy. All right, my man. Listen, I, I'm gonna be in LA July 13th and 19th. I would love to grab some coffee or sit down and chat with you, man. Yes, I, I'm. I'm home. Come, come out to the Palisades and hang out with me out here. Uh, you can surf if you want to. Uh, otherwise, I, we have this really great lookout point where we just like you and I could literally like we could we could smoke a fatty and sit by the ocean and. uh and just just hang out man oh yeah that's salt you just you already got me you got all right i love it so good to see you thank you so much for coming on tonight pete lee everybody thank you so much man dude thank you so much later all right take care bye guys come on dude like this is one of the just good he's such a good guy such a good guy. Um, listen, Travis. Zero percent chance. May, maybe, you know, I don't swim well. I probably shouldn't be surfing. You know what I mean? Yeah, Julie, we love Pete Lee. This was great. This was great. You guys were great. Um, Look at, look. I just want to say hello to this little nugget. Look at. Ah. <gasps> He's the drummer. Hi. Look, say hi to Josh. Jen, you can tell that that child is related to you. <laughs> Holy moly. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's the one that plays the drums, and now he's picking up the guitar. And he's I love it. And just, I love yep. it. Yeah, I just wanted to make it. Okay, buddy, we'll let you go. I'm so okay. sorry. Bye. Um, come up here, buddy. Come here. Want to come see me? You been sleeping? You been sleeping? Oh, 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 buddy, you're gonna knock over the entire operation. Holy shit. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he doesn't give a fuck about the operation. Okay. Listen, everyone. Okay, all right. He just woke up from his nap and he's like, hey, oh, dude, you put your asshole right on my foot. That was so gross. I'm never going barefoot ever again. Uh, uh, I didn't need bare asshole on my foot today. You know what I mean? Actually, any day, I don't need bare asshole on my foot. And not bare, B-E-A-R. I definitely don't need that. But or B A R E, neither. 
neither. Hey, by the way, this is always a good way to get off of there where Austin says, good to see you, man. Telling you something good. My wife got promoted this week. I love that. That's great news. That is a good, that's a, a fantastic way for us to head out of here. Um, guys, thank you so much for another two hour and 22 minute. Tell me something good. Holy moly. So sorry. This took so long. The one man we didn't get on today was Spaceman. I just wanted to make sure that you knew I saw you and that you weren't underneath there for no reason, that we were going to check in with you, dude. Listen to you. I'm, I'm happy you see me, man. You see me smile and try to yeah. participate. I do, man. And but, I see uh, you like... I see you. I see you guys when you talk to the camera. I, I, Josh, when you answer the camera, I can see you. I see Linda talking to the camera. Ray Ray, I see Jen when she waves. Jeffrey, I see you dabbing your sweat all the time. Like I see, <laughs> I see you guys. You know, I see you I got, guys. I got a wild infection story. When I was in high school, a buddy of mine was like, "Hey, you want your ears?" Like, yeah. So he popped his ear out of his ear. And shoved it through mine, and I walked around with my ear pierced all day. The following day, I uh, uh, my my mom wakes me up. And was like, "What's wrong with your face?" I'm like, you have a staph infection. Yeah, it was wicked. Spaceman, <laughs> so you're break, but you're breaking up real bad. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to let you go. But listen, dude, I would love it if your connection comes back. I would love to hear how that story ends up. How do you get rid of a staph infection in your face? That sounds terrible. But next time we connect, we'll see if it's a little better. But definitely jump back in with that story. Everybody, um, as usual, you know how much I like this group. Um, I love this live stream. Uh, I love how kind everybody is on here and how super cool. And um, I know the guests always comment on you guys, just so you know. Um, and so, so much fun. Uh, I'm going to try to figure out a place, like I said, where we can, can continue the fun. That's just not on Facebook. That's all. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely going to try to keep, I want to keep it free. I don't want everything that I do behind a paywall. Um, I just don't want, I don't want this platform to get any more than I have to give it. So and you can tell they're listening to me just by the number of people that they notified today that I was on here. So the writing's on the wall. But that doesn't mean the end of our relationship, everybody. Um, you know what I mean? We still, you can always just listen to this um, on, the, you know, on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get podcasts. And, and if you want to watch it, it'll end up on YouTube. It'd be a shame if this ended up not being live because I love the interactions with you guys. So it's my favorite part. So we'll figure something out, everybody. We will. Um, this, ain't, this isn't the end of us. And, and tell me something good. We'll stay on Facebook for longer than High Live. Um, and so I appreciate all you guys. Hi, buddy. You want to give a kiss? Yeah, that was nice. Um, I appreciate all you guys so much. And um, I thank you for uh, always checking in and uh, being here on Tell Me Something Good. So we love you. We will see you. Linda, I got your message about what your doctor said, so we're good.
What? Really different. What's that? I got my MRI results back. Oh. And my my tumor and my brain aren't as swollen and pushing against each other. So that's, that's really, great really good news, news. Linda. <laughs> yeah. That is great news. So I was really happy to hear that. That is great news. Well, congratulations. We're all so happy for you. Thank you. Okay. Um, <laughs> see you. See you. Bye, everybody. Tell me something good. Uh, you can check out on uh, for now on po- wherever you get your podcast, and also you can, if you're listening, you for you can still tune in live to my Facebook fan page. It'll be on here for at least another couple months. Um, and besides that. We'll see you on Monday for High Live. Um, will Will High Live going to be longer on Patreon? Yeah, right now it's an hour, and so when we switch it over, it'll be a full two hours over on Patreon. Um, all right, everybody, love you. Later, thanks, Cat. Great to see you. Hey, get, don't sniff in there. Sorry, gotta go. Later. <laughs>